Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Happy Thursday. Almost at the end of the week. Yes. Uh, big thanks and shout out to uh, Wise Guys Comedy Club in Utah uh, for the uh, the hosting and hospitality for the live ALN podcast last night in Salt Lake City. Unbelievable. Great turnout. Great crowd. Great ALN fan support. Uh, it was so fun. Live podcasts are the best. I'm so glad we have more coming up in Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival and in Vegas at the Crapshoot Comedy Festival. Those dates, uh, April 20th through the 22nd in Austin and May uh, 18th through the 20th in Vegas. Um, so, so fun. Thank you, everyone, that came out. Thanks again to our buddy Marcus for, uh, for coming on and crushing it. Uh, that episode will be posted in the next few weeks, so be on the lookout for that. Today's episode... Holy shit, a comedian from Seattle, so I love that, uh, really uh, grinded it out here in L.A., was a, an engineer at Boeing. Uh, his journey into comedy and, and finding his voice and becoming one of the most fun comics to watch on stage, uh, not only thought of by the audience, but by the, uh, the, the, the L.A. comedy community. He's a fan favorite. He's... Uh, He's a great joke writer. He's animated on stage. Uh, he, he had a great sketch group for a while called Goatface Comedy. Uh, he's got an amazing alter ego character called Lance Can't Stop List that we get into. We cover it all as well as his new special that just dropped on CISO today. You can get it streaming today on CISO called There's No Business Like Show Business. Talking about Fahim Anwar, baby. Fahim Anwar. Heard of that name? Probably. And if you haven't, you you will uh, he'll be a household name, man. He's one of those guys, just so funny, undeniably so funny, and uh, and he's you know from the from the Pacific Northwest, so he has a special place in my heart. Uh, this episode is so fun. Fahim is just a great hang, a great dude, and uh, if you get a chance to see him live, you got to. Um, so enjoy the hell out of this episode, and please get his special on CISO. There's no business like show business. Sign up for CISO, get his special. You will not be disappointed. Uh, tweet at us, tweet at him, tell him you love the uh, the episode of the podcast and that you love this special. Follow him on Twitter uh, at Fahim Anwar, F-A-H-I-M-A-N-W-A-R. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy, uh, at Funny Brad, at ALN Podcast, uh, at ALN Podcast on Instagram, Brad Williams Comic on Instagram, Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram, about last night, podcast.com for all the ALN merch. Uh, get all that shit, bring it out to the shows, we'll sign it, take pictures. Our merch home is now, again... At aboutlastnightpodcast.com and uh, and get your Alan merch. When you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, if you've given it a five star rating and commented on the iTunes page, then go to our uh, our podcast site, aboutlastnightpodcast.com, get your merch, bring it to the shows, and uh, and show the love, baby. Huh? So many great shows coming up, by the way. Uh, this weekend, I am in New York City at one of my favorite clubs on planet Earth, Gotham Comedy Club. In Chelsea, uh, it's one of the best clubs I've ever been to. One of the best clubs in New York. Can't wait. Sandy Danto coming out. Avery Pearson. We're doing music. I got special guests popping in. Um, a, a new a new hour since last time I was there, which I'm very pumped on. Hopefully, gonna shoot that soon. Uh, so get your tickets at GothamComedyClub.com. I'll be there tomorrow, Friday, two shows, uh, Saturday, two shows, and Sunday, one show. 
and then uh, and then I'm back to LA and on March 14th in Los Angeles Tuesday 8:30 Adam Rain buddies at the Comedy Store me Harlan Williams, Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon, Elijah Schlesinger, Dion Cole, Josh Wolf, Carol Leifer. Holy shit, this lineup is so stacked. Tickets you can get at ComedyStore.com. I highly recommend you come. 8.30, March 14th. That's a Tuesday at the Comedy Store Main Room. Uh, and then next weekend, I'll be uh, in Dallas, Texas at the Addison Improv, co-headlining with my boy Amir K from Mad TV. That's Dallas, Texas, uh, Addison Improv, March 16th through the 18th. Get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com. Brad Williams this weekend, where Brad's on the road uh, just, just nonstop. He's in East Providence, Rhode Island this weekend at the Comedy Connection. Uh, I'm sorry. That's where he is next weekend. This weekend, he's in Orlando, Florida, hanging out with Mickey Mouse and Shaq and Tiger Woods' wife at the uh, Orlando Improv, March 9th, 10th, and 11th. Get your tickets at improv.com. And the next weekend, March 16th through the uh, 17th at the Comedy Connection in East Providence, Rhode Island. All right? A lot of great guests coming up. More episodes, more fun. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes, do so. Go back, listen to past apps. Uh, this one today, one of my favorites. Uh, Chris Porter returns next week, as well as uh, uh, my buddy Ben Lyons uh, from E! and from uh, ESPN and from ESPN LA, uh, as well as uh, the return of Theo Vaughn. All right? So much great shit coming. So make sure you are subscribed on iTunes so you can get the fun every Monday and Thursday. And uh, check out our promo videos that we, uh, our promo video. We've dropped one on my Instagram and YouTube channel, and the other one's getting ready to drop uh, in a few weeks. Uh, all right. I think that's it. So uh, now that we've got the tour dates out of the way, those are the Twitter handles and the merch info. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with our buddy, the very funny, Fahim Anwar. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to our no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. It's like 40 minutes away from all this, where we're at in Hollywood. Yeah. So I would drive up at night, and I would get really sleepy, because it's the end of the night, and I have to drive back yeah. to my apartment in Long Beach. That's crazy that you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking, you ever look back on like all the stuff you did and, and think about if you had to do it over? You're like, I don't know if I have it in No. Me. If somebody mapped out like or showed you like a little reel of like yeah. your life, what it's going to look like to have to do what you need to do. But again, like we've talked about this before, that delusion and you, that... Yeah, that's your fuel. Yeah, you, it, it is. You need it. If you knew how hard it was to be a successful stand-up comic, n- no one would ever do this. Mm-hmm. And if like the same way you lived in Long Beach, I lived in Fullerton, California, Orange County for uh-huh. years. I just moved to Hollywood Even like further, a, year, a year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah, you drive, drive out to the Laugh Factory, do a, a one set, and then drive back. And or do one audition and like well if I had one audition that was my day yeah because sometimes like, I would just hang out like I didn't even have a gig <laughs> I, would, I would like drive all the way up just to be a ghost at the improv <laughs> people were walking through me I, yeah. I remember those times man but but right? you know what yeah. that's what you do because you want people to associate you with stand up and being a comedian and like oh yeah that's Fahim he's a stand up comic yeah you kind of realize just leaving your apartment is a big part of yeah. There's only so much you can do when you, like, sitting at your place and messaging people, can I be on your show, is not grinding. Yeah. I I mean, 
you know, there's there's an, there's a piece of that of like building. You know, if you've built the relationship, you went out that night, you met some guy, you got back home, and you followed up, or you, like yeah. that. That is, but just you got to have a percentage of everything. You have to yeah. have a percentage of actually getting up. You have to have a percentage of you know grinding on Facebook and be hitting people up for shows. Yep. And then there is a percentage of hanging out. Some people do too much hanging out, yeah. and not enough getting up. Dude, yes, there uh, there are a lot of people that uh, I I know. Just for hanging out, I've never seen them actually do stand up. Yeah. But I guess they're comedians. I've I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, they've posted photos on Instagram of flyers of shows that they're going that that they that they're yeah. going to do. And that's what's so funny about our art form is yeah. that anyone can just declare themselves as such. Yeah, because yeah, there's no comedy police. Yeah, and there's no anybody can just say I'm a comedian. No one can say I'm, you, I'm a neurosurgeon. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> that is the yeah, and that's the one like as great as this profession is. Like, I mean, what is that 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 people can just get up, take a picture of them at the Laugh Factory, do it four times, and go and put like hashtag comedy life, and yeah. then all their friends go. God, look at you doing it! But that's also what's They're frustrating, hustling. even at our level where we've done some stuff. And, yeah. Um. And but I'm. Do you know how famous you have to be for the average person to know you as a comedian? Yeah. So even though like yeah. we're no slouches or anything, yeah. When you're in an Uber or they're like, "What do you do?" or you tell a stranger, "Like, oh, I'm a comedian," they they feel sorry. You know, deep down, yeah, they're like, right. "This guy, oh, oh, man. dude, that happened oh, to my man. Uber uh, to the airport. <laughs> like, no, I've done some shit. I've done and some I, shit. I got in a fucking legitimate argument because he goes, he goes, oh, traveling all the time. That must be the worst. And I would just go, actually, it's the greatest thing ever, dude. I go, what do you do? He goes, oh, I work in like uh, blah blah blah. I go, do you love it? He goes, no. I go, I love what I do. I go, yeah. and the traveling. I go, I have no wife and kids. What do you have? He goes, both. I go, there you go, man. I go, stop the fuck. You go, let me I go, out. By I'm the way, Delta Airlines. And drop me off here. It's a quiz note, but I'll walk. Your negative energy sucks. I, I always say I'm an engineer now just because it, it nips the conversation in the bud. If well, you say you're a comedian and you were. in an Uber, like, you're going to talk for a while. I yeah, know. Well, especially that, out here. Yeah, that yeah. and when you say, oh, I'm a comedian, you get the, oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. I'm, I'm sure what you're, people say, like, oh, I'm an aerospace engineer. No one goes, like, build me an airplane. No. Right now. And it just gets very Design quiet. me an airplane. No, just the conversation ceases and, and the Spotify goes up. <laughs> That's the craziest Uber experience you've... There's a bit in your uh, special about... Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, and I texted you. So yeah. good. Oh, well thank done. You. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yes. On many levels. Your, your, your special, there's no business like show business. Correct. Uh, now you can get it on CISO. Yes. On demand. So as you're listening to this, you go, "Hey, yeah, I I like Fahim. Just go to CISO <laughs> yeah. and do it. Just watch it. CISO's getting increasingly more popular too, which I love. I feel like the timing of your special hitting. It's like they've had a handful now on there. Yeah, and it's like more of a. It's kind of nice to see some peers on there. And yes, like I love Rory, Nick, and you know Joey sure. Diaz has one. Yep. Stanhope. Lachlan. So they're kind of yeah. They're yeah. They're when you building get their library, and when you get names like Doug Stanhope and Joey Diaz and Janine Garofalo, that who all have specials on CISO, like that's that adds because I'll admit when I first heard people like yeah my specials on CISO, I'm like. Oh, so yeah. it takes a while to build. <laughs> is that a thing? Like, I don't know. I know. Is, is that something yeah. that I should be? It's so funny watching. But, yo, but remember having that same feeling about Netflix. It's like yeah. nothing, something until it's something. Yeah, and that is wow. Nice did thing. you read that on a fortune cookie, Adam? Right? <laughs> you know what? Like, nothing, you know something what? until it's Look, something. Sometimes I say things that don't sound <laughs> profound or smart. No, I'll but they buy actually it. Have I'll some buy substance. it. I, I have this quote that's kind of along the same lines. Yeah. Like my quote is like, "You're not a thing until you're a thing." Yeah, and then. 
the only reason you're a thing is because you're a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's what Fame, you're speaking the Adam Ray language. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 so right. So I like, just want to listen to you two go back and forth with inspirational yeah, just, messages. It sounds like bullshit, but in your heart, no, of hearts, but you no, get it. But then you think about it and you break it down. Are really smart. We just don't want to rub it in your face. We dumb down the how uh, intelligent our that's proverbs what, actually are. That's what coffee does to you, man. Yeah. Uh, I would. I do want to uh, put a pin in that Uber story, but um, your parents, both from Afghanistan, right? Do they? And again, also beautifully talked about in the special. Um, uh, did they growing up have just speaking of like us talking about like you know hilarious um, uh, uh, it, you know not properly worded anecdotes? Did they? I mean, I know they weren't for your comedy. At least your father wasn't, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did they like? Was there advice or any like anecdotes or nuggets of like? <laughs> My dad's like, you got to get him up top, and then <laughs> no, 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 no. you got to close strong. <laughs> yeah. no, no, he was never. No, well, but, but not for comedy, but, but for what's life. Interesting? Uh, yeah, my dad's always, you know, dispensing pearls of wisdom, but it's kind of like immigrant dad wisdom, which is like be a doctor and wow. have yeah. his house and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It's like boilerplate stuff. For yeah. Because, yeah. 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 like, they're really, uh, in, uh, especially from Afghanistan, like, when you tell your parents I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, did they have a frame of reference? Like, did they know, like, did they know what that was? Yeah. What's interesting about... I would say, and, all, and I don't know how long they lived here, so I could be very condescending right now. No, be like, well do they aware. know about no, no, laughing? Yeah, they know. <laughs> it's so interesting because, like, my dad loves Steve Martin. Like, he's okay. one of his favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the thing with Afghans is like they love art, but they want their children to have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so we're like someone they, else. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah we, they want us to be purely consumers. Yeah. And once you well, get into it's it, it's, it's yeah. kind of like porno. You want to yeah, watch sure. porno. You don't want your sister to be in porno. Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah. Someone else can make it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one from my I, family. I think those are equals, actually. Yeah. It's kind, you know what? <laughs> yeah. you, you say that kind of jokingly, but it's no. kind of yeah. It's yeah. a lot. It, it, it's along those same lines. Like like because at least for my daughter does porn. Like okay, all right. Like I, I can I know what that is. Like yeah. if you say, oh my son, he. He's a comedian. Like, I, yeah, like I, we said before, there's no clarification of like what is a comic or when are you when are you allowed to call yourself well, a comedian, right? And it's hard enough for say a, a white parents to know what that entails, and then right. for and you know my parents from Afghanistan to know what that path is to. Yeah. it's like he's saying I want to. I don't know. Well, it's ridiculous. I want to be in the NFL, or it's, yeah. it's, it's ludicrous to them. So, yeah. So when you were in Seattle, um, uh, which is where you started stand up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and and stop us if you've regurgitated uh, the story, but I mean, so you want there was a contest, right? Mm, the Apollo, or yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, yeah. What was your interest in stand up prior to that? Because that was your first time on stage. No, it wasn't the first. Oh, time. wasn't. No, like uh, I think I was nineteen when I did that Apollo show. Okay, I talk cool. about it in the special. Yeah, I close with this. It's yeah, a great yeah. story. It's great. Yeah, yeah. But I think I started. I was doing stand up right after I graduated high school. Okay, so I went to Woodinville High School. Nice, and then. I think at the end of the year I did some comedy I, I did stand I did like 30 minutes of stand up which is absurd dude I the amount of 30 minute gigs I did my first week are we were, crazy. We, were we were prolific bro dude, I mean, the amount of Charlie Brown uh, 12 minute act out bits that I did yeah. I mean it's like but again that delusion you're like yeah 
it, to get up there with that confidence to even try 30 minutes at yeah. that age and that early on is so yeah, crazy. You look back at that even five years in there go, well, how did I talk for 30 minutes? Where were you yeah, in 30 I minutes? I didn't know what I was talking, huh? Yeah. Not, not in an open mic. No, it was, it was, we did it for the school. We put on this assembly thing at gotcha. the comedy night. Okay. So it was in the theater. And did it go well? Was, yeah, it was, it was great. But it's all my friends and stuff and it's school. So but it's a very insulated environment. Totally. But there's, I mean, I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the comp, the timing and just like your natural like observational skills and physicality has always been there, yeah? Yeah, from You've the start, all, yeah. yeah. You were like that with your friends and everything. and Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And you get closer to it the longer you do stand-up. I think you know that as well, or any stand-up is just the longer you do it is the closer you get to you off stage, on stage. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I started with that that thirty minute set, and then I started going to the comedy underground because Pam Man. I don't know if because you, you're from Seattle. Yeah. Pam Man was part of Unexpected Productions. I know of them. They did the yeah. um, the uh, they're like our groundlings. They or, did the um, jet not jet seating improv. The, the one at the um, Pike Place Market. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go downstairs. Yeah. So she was teaching well. a, an improv unit for you know our theater uh, department. And so we did that for two weeks, and she was at that comedy night and saw me do stand up for thirty minutes, and she was like, "Oh, my friend does stand up at the Comedy Underground. You should, you should do a set there." And because I didn't know about that world at all, yeah, I'm just a, no. I'm just like a eighteen year old kid yeah. in Woodinville, Washington. So she kind of held my hand to, for me to do my first set at the Comedy Underground. I did five minutes. It's probably very whatever, and, but it just it's got me, a lot easier it, than thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like That's I don't know how I'm gonna pair this down. There's so much, there's so much great so much material. Yeah. You're really asking a lot here, Pam. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I do ten? <laughs> but also fingers. an essential move. Like again, you need that person to walk you. Yeah, and I've in. thought about this. If she wasn't there to kind of shepherd me into the comedy underground, I don't know if I would be doing what I'm. Crazy? Maybe I would in some. But she but was if essential. It's gonna take longer. Like yeah. It happened yeah, yeah. then. And I remember. Uh, I don't know if I met you, but I know. I think I did. A giggle was one night okay i was in town doing it's the so strange mic. because uh i i mean i we became friends more so in la yeah but you're from seattle yeah. so because i didn't I, I basically uh you know i graduated from high school in june the end of june and then moved down here to go to school second week of august so it was like but in my head i was like i want to be on snl one day and i know a lot of those guys come from a stand-up background that's exactly how i got into stand-up yeah i was yeah. like so I, I need to do the guys i knew i didn't know of sketching groundlings i was like oh they're all comics so i need to be i need to have that background at some point yeah. so let me start now and also i was like if i do a few open mics and i move to la then i'll i can call myself a comic i wanted to like to have a little experience before i moved to la and so i went to giggles and i remember seeing you and jeff die there and dude even i don't know how many years you've been at that point this is 2001 but i remember just seeing you and i think you mentioned you talked about the engineering stuff and i was like oh man this this guy's so funny and he doesn't even do this like <laughs> it just was really intimidating but also i remember he had a joke too and i don't know if you remember this but it was about um, and it, it is how I knew I really was like, oh, this could be a cool, fun thing to do because I was like, I think I th- think similarly to some of these guys. I used to always talk about the um, lifetimes of the rich and famous shows uh-huh. or like the VH1s, like like th- what was the, they were called like oh, yeah. oh uh, like J Lo. I used to have a bit of a yeah, it was, it was yeah, like it, the, the sweet life of Jennifer Lopez. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's what it was. Bit and it was like. Because they would be like, you know, uh, Jennifer Lopez has a $14 million house uh, carved with uh, Italian fancy marble, but not the best, uh, but not like any marble. It's the marble made of like Zimbabwe children's tears. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her face cream was made out of like ground up fetuses. Yeah. It was just something absurd. But dude, it was, I had like so been thinking about that. So when I was like, it was really inspiring because I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I think uh, along the same lines. And it was like, okay. And hearing you like break it down and have like 
like a, a punch and setup. I was like, all right, it definitely gave me like hope in that moment, which is oh, that's crazy. That's cool. Um, but that you don't do that bit anymore, do you? No, I mean, if I was doing that 14 years later, just like, <laughs> it's, it's like, like when I finally remember funny, that show. How funny! Like I haven't grown since that 30 minutes of stand up I did in high school. I'm just How'd doing you get the that same. Special? Yeah, 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 that's how we got the special. That 30 minutes was that tight, that good. I just, I just did it twice. That's my hour special. <laughs> yeah. Now, at this point, when you're doing stand up in Seattle, are you even thinking? In terms of like, this is what I want to do, or you just like, this is a really cool hobby that I that I'm some that I'm sometimes. No, into. it was like very calculated and premeditated, kind really? of like how Adam was. Like, I I loved SNL mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to be on that show, so I I googled. I don't know if it was, maybe it was Dogpile. I don't know if we had Google. <laughs> no, I'm dating. Remember <laughs> really? the search? We didn't have Google, but remember like, back in the day before Google, yeah, I, you had to do uh, Hot Hotbot yeah. or Lycos. Wow, Dogpile was like our Google before Google. Okay, really dating myself in the search engine. <laughs> right? I, I went on a AOL dial-up, and oh, yeah. uh, then Mom yelled at me because then she couldn't use the phone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then- <laughs> I would always, I would be on AOL, and then I would hear like a like a Daft Punk digitized version of my dad going "Melo," <laughs> <laughs> and then I would, and then I would get logged off and I'm like dad yeah, yeah, yeah. dad I was in a chat room yeah. asking people for their age sex and location <laughs> we didn't have snapchat we had to log on so yeah, yeah SNL so you're searching. I, I was like how do people get on that show and then I found out it was either through improv like second mm-hmm. city groundlings yeah. or uh, UCB it was kind of new at the time and I went to all their websites and, and researched how it worked and then you gotta mm-hmm. pay money there's classes and then half of them came from stand-up. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. Because it's going to be hard to get money and tell my parents I'm going to go to clown college yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And then you, don't, you can just do on your own. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're also beholden to all these other people. Um, you need a, you need other people to do improv. Yeah. They could hold you back if they don't deem you <laughs> You worthy. need their schedules. You need them to be able to work with you. Yeah, you, you need, need them to need, get along with need, them. You need to pay money. So yeah. there's, there's just like a lot more barriers of entry. Right. So I thought stand-up was the most viable thing. So I was like, I'll do stand-up. Wow. And, and, and then it, all all this time while you're studying to get a yeah. real job. And, uh-huh. not, and not just a real job in terms of sitting in a desk or whatever. Like, aerospace engineer. Right. Like, that's... Like you're smart as fuck. <laughs> I guess I just I'm good at jumping through who, or I'm good at math, and I I have a high tolerance for academic pain or stuff that I'm not super interested. Like, right. but I can do math, and it's you were fine. able to find some joy yeah, yeah. in that field, yeah. Yeah, sure, it's fun. Like I like doing some math problems, and mm-hmm. yeah. Now, I mean, I feel. Com- I mean, I don't want to say comedy and like math are completely no, but this there this, is the shit that I learned in college um, in engineering. There are some transferable skills. Yeah, like, not that like my jokes are very precise and analytical. That's what I love about comedy is it's so organic. But I'm the work ethic and maybe placement of bits. There is some yeah. sort of similar thoughts that go into sure. Both. And as you do it longer, you figure out. I don't want to like I use the term formula uh-huh. loosely, but there there is like okay, th- th- this is the rhythm of a joke that works for me. I would this say is, structure. Like, yeah, you learn structure. Yeah, you don't mm. use the Pythagorean theorem to, to, to <laughs> right, develop right. your straight out of Compton bit, yeah. but like, <laughs> right. but there are, but there are similarities as far as like, which would be amazing if that was like. Now, did, uh, did you know any lame math jokes? Because I had like math teachers in I high school to, that uh, told me the worst like. Yeah, why why were math teachers the ones who always wanted? They're like uh, airline <laughs> attendants. Which, yeah, like, again, you tackle in your special. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Be like, no, no math like, is fun. See, you could do a joke. They always, to me, were the ones that were like, yeah, this seems like an appropriate time to insert some comedy. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe because it's so dry and boring. Yeah, like, we got yeah. we got to zest this up. <laughs> 
<laughs> seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Who was your guys's? Uh, what, yeah, what, did you have a math teacher that did that, or uh, did you have any teacher that that want, that it, uh, encouraged Fahim's comedic endeavors? Uh, I don't know about like comedy. Yeah, well, I kept the world separate. Nobody in college knew that I did stand up, oh, and you weren't even like the jokester in class. I mean, I was in elementary school and stuff, yeah. and then we mm-hmm. moved school systems. I was in, I was in Muckleteo, yeah, like OV. I went to middle school there, and then Serene Lake. I don't yeah. know Serene Lake. I do. So, okay, so I went yeah. to elementary school there. Wow. And then I think like in sixth grade or sixth or seventh grade, we moved to Woodenville. So I'm in a new school system. I can't. Jesus. I can't be as boisterous because mm-hmm. it's all new at, people. Yeah, you're the new guy. So I'm still funny, but I'm like more reserved, and I'll only do it amongst a smaller group of friends. But yeah. I'll sure. do assemblies, and I'll I'll do like sketches and videos. But I'm not just, I'm not big man on campus. Well, yeah, and you're not putting yourself completely out there because these are new, new people. people. You yeah, don't yeah, trust yeah. them yet. And you don't want to be the guy that just comes into a new school and goes, Hey, everybody, I'm the funny guy. I mean, and everyone just goes like, that, fuck I, you. No, not you're my, not. Yeah. yeah. By the way, how was that? Just going from like bouncing. I mean, I never had it to do sucked. that. I, I, hate, yeah, yeah. I hated it first because we moved during the summertime and just that whole summer. Just, there goes was, your summer. I was just playing PlayStation. I was playing Tekken up, <laughs> upstairs like the whole summer. Fuck yes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with there's that. Nothing, yeah. I mean, there is after a couple you of weeks. <laughs> You can only see so many cutscenes. You a uh, Yojimitsu or a King guy? I was uh, Eddie Gordo. Eddie Gordo. Okay. My, Good yeah, character. Adam has no era. idea what the fuck we're talking I do. about. Fuck you. Oh, you play Tekken? Yeah, man. Oh, okay. That was one of People the ones. People get so mad when you're Eddie Gordo. They're like, man, it's bullshit. It's cheating. Because yeah. he's just doing all these like helicopter I, kicks. I would be and, Eddie yeah. Gordo all the time because I was bad at the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was one go. of the few games that wasn't a sports game that I played. Okay. Do you remember yeah. Sega Saturn? I do, yeah. Yeah, I was one of the guys that got duped into buying one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I should my mom, have waited for Dreamcast. Yeah, like, this is gonna be the thing, well, and, then it, and then it wasn't the thing. Their whole thing was you get three free games, uh, and I was like, you. "Fuck yeah, dude!" But the games were terrible. They had a baseball game that I liked. They did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you? Um, were you a big video game guy? I was. Up? It's yeah. so crazy because I'm not anymore. But I know. It was such a big part of my life. Yeah. I dropped off, like after Xbox. I'd, I haven't been in the game. What was your game? Let's see. I mean, Tekken was one, yeah. and then FIFA, big FIFA, FIFA guy. Yeah. And then, oh, on Dreamcast, it was Virtua Tennis. Oh, shit. That was I don't think I ever best played that tennis one. game, yeah. Was it, so it was pre-Nintendo Wii? Yeah, so you, yeah, weren't, yeah so you weren't swinging it. No, I wasn't swinging it. It was just a really good console tennis game. Now, <laughs> do you? Play it. Uh, <laughs> and then when you got into FIFA, were you into the time, like, did you continue playing it that... You got to like talk online to people. Like, no, were you that never era? Did that. Yeah, I never no. really got online and did that. Yeah, wow. that's like a, that's next level. That's when you're trying to like I trash when talk I, when against I got twelve year olds. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going past your love for the video uh-huh. game. Now you're just trying to like. It's like I. It's like I'm just looking for an excuse to call a twelve year old a cunt. Like, right. like, like that's really all yeah. I'm doing at that point. And then splinter cells into that. <laughs> Which one? Splinter Cell. What's that? Okay, you it's just sort of like a Tom Clancy. It's sort of like a Metal yeah, Gear Solid. Yeah, you just got Adam really excited because you said Splinter, and he goes, "What? <laughs> yeah, Splinter there's Cell. a there's fucking new turtle <laughs> game that I didn't know about. I would always go Godfather's and play that turtle game. With yes, the, with the yeah, yes, it was the greatest, it was the best game, the arcade game. <laughs> yes, and the Simpsons one with the vacuum cleaner, so good. I I mean that is my like if I if and when I get to a point to where I can just have some fuck you money I want an arcade yeah my, I probably get the X Men game with the four TVs a thousand like oh, the tube yeah. TVs just glued together because yeah. we did it we did it like there was, the technology wasn't there and they're right. like what if we glue four TVs together <laughs> it'll be one big TV so I mean we you all got, pretended we couldn't see the seams yeah you got I mean you got to give the guys guys props for trying yeah you know they uh, they they were just trying to invent stuff that didn't exist yet. <laughs> it worked for me. Yeah, why not? Uh, so then you you would uh, then you started to uh, hit some open mics. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, I mean, the Comedy Underground was my first foray into it, and then I just kind of kept on going. So that summer, I would drive up to the Comedy Underground, and then Giggles yep. came on my radar, and then Laughs in Bellevue. Yep. Uh, or it was Kirkland. Kirkland, yeah. No, no, actually, it was Bellevue, because I mean, Laughs is in Kirkland, well, it's in Seattle now. Yeah. They've had a nice little, yeah. they've jumped around. But when it was part of the Ramada Inn oh, wow. in Bellevue, yeah, it was like... Uh, this is before they moved to Kirkland. Yeah, it was yeah. just in the lobby of the Ramada Inn. And so you get a lot of stage time there. Yeah, and it was on the east side because my parents were in Woodinville. I wouldn't yep. have to cross the bridge to go into Seattle because yep. I was doing college. I, I couldn't really be hitting the mics during the week. All I had was Friday, Saturday, pretty much. Wow. And Dave was cool. He would yeah. give me 20 minutes. So I'd do 20 minutes Friday and 20 minutes Saturday. Wow. That's a lot of time. Yeah. It, 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 it's amazing when you look back on like who helped you coming up and then you re like now that you're years into the game you look back and like how nice you have to be to give a kid 20 oh, yeah, minutes yeah. that isn't like an established comic true but then conversely like i they don't just hand it to me because they feel bad for me like no I, no, no i was up to the yeah thing, but you, I, you had you had to be good but the, i know a lot of people out here that would just be like 20 20 minutes 20 minutes fuck you like you're not like you're not doing that much time did you yeah. feel like you could grow in two sets uh, a week like that? Yeah, I was able to do that. I remember I was doing the Giggles laugh off. Yeah. And I was giving Bradley Lewis a ride <laughs> one time. You remember Bradley Lewis at no. all? No. Big black guy. He had glasses and he had tape in the bridge. Like he never got new glasses. <laughs> it was broken and he just, he was a cool dude. Yeah. And I, I think I was going into the finals of the Giggles laugh off. And he was like, you got you to run that shit around town. And, I'm, and I had school. I'm like, nah, I can't really. I got the, <laughs> I got the weekends. Yeah. And I ended up winning it. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had my method. Also, 20 minutes, like, that's yeah, I mean, a lot of it's a lot if of If you're really using it for, you know. And taping your sets. And, oh, good. You've always been doing that, yeah? Yeah. Well, not anymore. Just because I've been doing it so long. But yeah. early on, definitely mm-hmm. tape your sets and get the most out of your stage time because it's precious. And then how do you get to the point where you go, all right, time, time to move to L.A.? Uh, that came, everything was just a natural progression because mm-hmm. I was... I was studying mechanical engineering at University of Washington, and then I got my degree, and the plan was always to get my degree and then get a job in SoCal so that I could do stand-up out here. Awesome. Yeah. So it was, okay, so you, I mean... From the time I chose my degree till, you know, where I'm at right now, it's all been very... It's, it's been Planned going, out. yeah. It's yeah. Been, yeah. Hell yeah. Just when things were supposed to happen weren't Of course, set we have no control over that. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, I graduated, and then I applied to a bunch of jobs in Southern California, and I think I inter- I got an interview with some cabinet maker called RSI. I think some of their stuff is in Home Depot. They make uh, cabinets and stuff. Nice. So I went, interviewed. Uh, I didn't get it, <laughs> which thank God because it was in Anaheim. Oh shit! And when you're looking on a Google map in Seattle, <laughs> LA seems much closer. Yeah, and it really like yeah. I yeah. Well, it would have been that, so long. That's before you realize, and yeah, I made that, that traffic. I made that drive a ton. Yeah, so I'm yeah, it's it, it's just it, it's shit. It's brutal. It, yeah, if if, if 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 someone says yeah, you have an audition at three o'clock, you go okay. So I have to leave at one to get there, maybe five minutes early. Yeah, and then I'll, it'll I'll get home around seven, like again, for one maybe- like five minute audition yeah if for you, that for you to be like coke zero is the best and they're like great we just need you to say it but you're actually going to be off to the side <laughs> drinking it on a park bench next to two retarded kids you're like great what is this commercial it's not a commercial it's actually just yeah. a print ad uh so what uh so but while i was it's good down, that you didn't know actually how far right because again the delusion i guess so or, or I, 
and then when I was in, I was staying at my aunt's house in Santa Monica, or no, Santa Ana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he was just like, while you're out there, try to get an interview, because he works at Boeing in Everett. Oh, shit. Okay. And he just has the Rolodex of all the people. Right. So he, he just sent me some Long Beach people to hit up. So I sent an email, and I wasn't able to interview with them there for time reasons, but I hit them up, and then that contact was made. And when I came back to Seattle, um, they interviewed me, did a phone interview, and I ended up getting a job at Boeing in Long Beach. Nice. So that's how I got out here. Fuck. And were you now? Was there any point when you're like, "All right, like I need to say up top to these guys, like, hey, I'm also never, doing comedy." Never. So yeah. No, no, no. Nobody knew. I worked at Boeing for three and a half years. Nobody had any idea I did stand up until like three days before I quit. How <clears throat> and how great was that day? Like walking well, in, knowing you were going to quit. Uh, did you leave like a flyer for one of your shows? You were no. Saying, Fuck you. But also, if you guys could come, I need 10 minutes of stage time. I didn't yeah. even want to quit. It was just that I got that disaster date show on oh, MTV, yeah. and they needed yeah. me for three months. So you kind of, you, you had to. Well, I was trying to take a leave of absence. Yeah. So I was trying to do everything I could to come back after that Because I'm sure time. the pay wasn't horrible. Well, it's just kind of delusional to be like, my rocket ship's here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Disaster He's taking day. me to the top, baby. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. one disaster date show, and, yeah. and now I'm on, I'm on or whatever. Although, so I, I wanted to return to my job. Yeah. And they just, they wouldn't. And I wasn't saying why. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think I wanted unemployment. And yeah. I, I looked up on unemployment, and they said that you can't get it if you leave on your own volition. Jesus. So I was trying to get fired. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so what? Do you like, do you like just design a plan? Like, all right, here. Here's here's my no, idea, guys. Yeah. A plane with no wings yeah, yeah, yeah. and no engine. You mean a bus? <laughs> wings made of biscotti. <laughs> Come on, guys. It'll totally work and save money, and then it'll be a delicious in-flight meal. Uh-huh. Come on. And there's no, yeah, there's no discussion here. If you don't like it, just fire me. Yeah. So I basically want I, I I sent an email that hey I'll be leaving on this day. I plan on returning, and then I went incommunicado with HR mm-hmm. just I wanted them to know that I intended on returning on this date. Yeah, sure. And if they thought otherwise, they would have to kill me like you know yeah i'm not gonna die by my own sword yeah yeah you tell me that i've been terminated yeah and then finally they did after i didn't right. uh, yeah yeah there you go and and <laughs> and you kind of you know we'd uh glance uh, we glance over disaster date but i watched that show because uh uh you were on it uh jeff keith was yeah, on it yeah we're on there and uh then i i'm always blown away by people and if those who don't know the show you guys would go on dates with people that thought they were on real dates yeah their friends would set them up yeah. on a date and they thought it was legit that oh okay maybe I'll meet this person my friend thinks is cool right and we would be terrible it, and there was dates. a hidden camera then you guys had yeah. an earpiece right they yeah it would, was like boiling points for dating yeah, yeah. And great and, idea for a show yeah. yeah and then like the longer they're on the date the, the longer money. yeah the more the more money they get I don't know like how you guys would keep a straight face just like and to be that dickish to someone that you don't know I guess because you, you, you want to keep the ruse going and there's just so much writing on this production that you, mm-hmm. you're not you're not breaking it, it I think you laugh way more when you're watching it than when you're in it yeah because you're like I gotta keep this yeah ball up in the air were right. there some that were just so hard to like a date that was maybe on to you or you were I like think the first one I ever did she knew something was up <laughs> like she, oh, she saw left before uh, it was just so weird I was like a ghost hunter and I was looking for shit and it was just too much <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got like a, I've got like a contraption it was just too absurd yeah, yeah, too weird <laughs> I mean, when they start looking around yeah yeah, yeah yeah come on I'm not gonna bring my ghost hunting equipment on today <laughs> So okay, I yeah, I could see how one might be a little suspicious of that. Yeah, but you know, no, yeah, nobody else walked out. I think, or maybe one other person did, but it was mu- much longer into the date. You know what though? In L.A., like those types of things aren't that crazy, right? 
I, oh, I guess. I don't think they are, because you drive the streets in LA and you see people on the sidewalk that you go, any other city, that would be the weirdest thing that would ever exist. Yeah. Here in LA, it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Did you adjust to uh, LA from Seattle, Long Beach, like pretty well, or did it take you a minute to not only for the comedy scene, but like just life in LA? No, is, it was is weird, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, it took some adjustment because sure, I was living not so much Long Beach, but LA because I was driving up here to do shows. Just some of the things are things you don't encounter in Seattle at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like donut time, you yeah. know, just like I, I would see all these like Mendes women on Santa Monica Boulevard yeah. and I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? <laughs> or, yeah. or, or like, it's like something I don't know about, but everybody else does. Yeah. Right. Like here, it's just like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's where. That's training corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They all hang out at this donut shop. You don't yeah. know this? Yeah. That, that was one of my first jokes because I used to live right by there uh-huh. and I was like, I don't know what, it, and they, I would always see them dancing. So it was dancing trannies and it was always around the same time. It was like th- between three and four, I'd always be coming back from my, uh, from Universal Studios and I would see him and I was like man I don't know and I would sort of go on stage and never really got a great response but I was like I whatever because, yeah. it was so personal I was like I don't know what it is because it was so, so new to you and yeah. it's so old hat to them but they were like, always uh-huh. dancing and sometimes I saw them like doing synchronized choreography and I was like what is it the smell about the smell of like apple fritters that makes these gals men like want to bump and grind but they had like all these and I was like it looks like a fun corner like uh-huh. <laughs> makes tra- being a trainee seem like really appealing you get to hang out by donuts all the time Yeah, but like, like what, if, what if you really love the donuts there and you're, <laughs> you're just not in that culture and you're just like I just great donuts yeah, I mean <laughs> everyone thinks that I'm into this other thing but I just love yeah. their, I just yeah, yeah. love their fritters uh, what else would you see that was like totally culture shock I went to the cafe 101 for the first time yeah mm-hmm. and everyone was just dressed so weird and it's just man like it was so bizarre and now I like it's so um second nature to me I don't yep. I, I don't really see it anymore but coming from a place like Seattle and you you're at cafe 101 everyone is yeah, like a Sims character. Like I talk about in the specials. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, they it's, just choose their own outrageous outfit, and right. nobody bats an eye. No one makes fun of anyone because yeah. they're equally bizarre. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of something great in that, though, too, right? Yeah, of just, of just a freedom. Like, and then, it, well, I mean, as much as there's the judgment, like there yeah. is the acceptance. There is that thing that nobody has to grow up out here. And yeah. and the perfect example is is the rock and roll Ralphs on Sunset <laughs> yeah. Boulevard. Oh my God. It's just a regular grocery store, Ralphs, that's, but it's on Sunset Boulevard. Yep, that's right by that's right by my apartment, and so I know of, it very it's, well. It's so funny and humanizing because you people in LA get to choose an archetype that they want to be. Yeah. They could be like a punk person or they can be like a hip hop person or like you're choosing something in a snowboarding game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And but I saw a dude like this old rock and there's no age cutoff too. You could be fifty five yeah. and dress punk rock. There's a guy in my and building nobody, everyone no one's like sorry for you. They're yeah. like, oh, that's his thing. Yeah. There, there's a dude in my building. We call him Grandpa Rock and Roll uh-huh. because he is well over sixty, full head of like bleached blonde hair, and he wears uh vests, uh, leather vests with no shirts and goes to the gym and works out every fucking so day. I see a guy like this at that rock and roll Ralph's <laughs> holding a plunger. <laughs> And that was just hilarious to me that even though you want to be this thing, he still has to unclog this shit out of his toilet. So at the end of the day, you're still a human being. Yeah, you, you still have to do human you things. You, yeah. But, but now, you, but now you, you want to do be it. an eagle. Right. But I have to do it like, I always laugh when like, I just picture, like whenever you picture goth kids just doing normal shit. Yeah. Like, like okay, a goth kid takes his driving test. Like, that's funny to me. Also, I've always talked about like goth kids. You'll see them and they'll have these clothes and like so many pins in their pants. Yeah. 
this sort of like I don't care attitude. Like yeah. if you didn't care, you would just buy some pants from Ross. Yeah, right. That like I'm, visual- two bucks. I'm visualizing you in your room safety pinning yeah. all these. <laughs> you care so much, right? Yeah. About not fitting in. Yeah, yeah. But then fitting in with the people that also don't want to fit in. Right. That you have to. Yeah. It, it's to, to to be to be in LA and just see all in and, and the crazy part is is me as a little person. I know that they're all looking at me going, "What the fuck is up with him?" Yeah. It's like I, oh, I don't know. You're you're wearing ski goggles and it's july and you're in hollywood but yet you're looking at me like i'm the weird one but again we've talked about this too like the lack of awareness of like dwarf stereotypes like you could wear you know (laughs) some of the outfits that you mentioned in your special like something insane yeah like and people would go oh that's what dwarfs do (laughs) yeah you know oh they uh they really like anime they really like anime characters (laughs) on their shirts yeah Yeah. that's what we do (laughs) it's strange because and because it's la you you see people in these weird ass outfits and stuff and you look at them and go Wait, is that something I need to be doing now? Like, is that like is that yeah. a new trend? Yeah. Like, is that something that I don't want to be late to the party to? Good point, <laughs> right? Like seeing something and, and not having a, a total awareness set of like making your own paths. You're like, oh, that guy's got a cool jacket and a weird Fu Manchu. Is that? And I think I've seen him on TV. Is that what you do? But usually they're so outrageous, yeah. they never become trends. Yeah, right. It's like, well, and yeah, they, we they don't want it to either. Yeah, no, it's they, so outer space. They no want to be the guy that carries a hockey stick wherever he goes, and yeah. like unless you're Casey Jones, that's really fucking weird so that was so new to me just you know where would you hang out where would you because I, I don't think i saw you coming around when you were in long beach yeah i would see you at shows here and there but not as obviously consistently as now right because you were only coming up how many times well week? i was just kind of getting in where i fit in yeah. so i wasn't getting spots at the store or 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 even the improv but i was hanging out just it was easier to hang out at the improv yeah i feel like the improv is neutral waters. Yep. Anybody can hang out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the store's like that too, but people kind of feel afraid because yeah. if you don't know somebody, because there's that patio. Yep. Yeah. The factory is like Fort Knox. I yeah. mean, they got, they've got two <laughs> Kung Fu Ninja grips <laughs> right. to bar you from going up to the... Yeah. So yeah. I, that wasn't even on my thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I would hang out at the improv and I would do the Sportsman's Lodge. Me too. Do you remember the Sportsman's Lodge? The, yeah. Jimmy was, and Joey show uh-huh. I did a bunch. It was the only place to get up on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So I would do that. Um, Any rooms in Long Beach? Or? Yeah, I would do some OC stuff. Yeah. Later on, there was this Dino Archie. He yeah. had this bowling alley yeah. show. I would do that. You would find these sweet so little many, these secret So many bowling alley spots. shows. Yeah. And, then, and then the amazing part is that some would be really good. Like, they'd be really good shows yeah. with really attentive audiences. Like, and you got, it was, sometimes it was strange because you had to time your jokes along with some guy bowling. So you like... <laughs> well, with Jimmy and Joey, the bus would go by. So yeah. you'd be doing your joke and you'd hear like a... <laughs> like well if i have a nascar joke yeah. this would be perfect right yeah. now <laughs> did you ha- did you have any shows along the way in those first few uh years before you started before you moved up to la did you have any shows where you were like they were either a discouraging or or the opposite that were just so i mean you, you strike me as somebody who has never had self-doubt about you this being the right choice yeah i guess but so. i mean i think we all go through that where you have those nights or shorts or or you just it just you know you want we all want especially starting out like to be so good so quick and you want yeah. you get to a point I think too early where you're like oh I'm ready for this mm-hmm. I remember three years in being like I can't believe I don't have a special you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. so it's like we all go through that because it's natural and you do you, you have an idea of how long it takes and all of a sudden three years in you're like I'm crushing at these bar shows so like where's the next why where how do I do this now yeah so did you have any of that uh, along the way I guess. Um, or did you just understand the process of like this is going to take some time? I just, I just, I had, I would pad out my week, make sure I had enough shows. Um, you remember Ted 
was it Ted Twyman or Bill Word? Bill Word had some stuff. Okay. I would do some stuff in OC. There would mm. be like 60 comics on the bill. It would go on forever. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I remember you, those You just shows. have to get up. You just have to fill out your week. Some of them are bad. Some of them are good. And so, sometimes you find your yeah. nice little hidden gems. And if you know you have a bad set, you're like, well, at least I fill out my week. So tomorrow I get to do this all over again. Yeah. T- you just <laughs> Try have it to, again. You just have, it's like reps. You just got to get up, good or bad. You're going to learn. It's a data point. Yeah. Um, so I would do that. And and every year I would just sort of check in on myself. Like, am I further along than I was the year before? Mm-hmm. Then I'm on the right path. It, it's okay. Did you have anybody along the way uh, giving you any pointers? Like, I, I know for both of us, like Bobby Lee definitely like took us. Later on. Yeah. Once I got into the store oh, he, so not he was then. a big help yeah. yeah yeah so not early on because yeah. I didn't know him until Chris introduced me and yeah. I started coming around the comedy store only when Chris got passed because we became friends we were, we did the Jimmy and Joey show at the yeah. Sportsman's Lodge Chris was doing that too yeah nice. back in the day and he liked my set and we were talking I don't know why I, he doesn't come up to that on stage <laughs> what he's always like undateable and my yeah, why, like, why yeah. did they bring from up the Jimmy, Jimmy and Joey show <laughs> freaking Crystalia like you know rem- yeah. re- remember your roots exactly. man that would have been great by the way if you shot your special there at the Sportsman's Lodge uh-huh. just true to my roots everyone's trying to talk me out of it and I'm like I'm not a sellout <laughs> you tracked down the bus that originally cockblocked all your punchlines yeah. Yeah, I, I want authenticity <laughs> I want the real bus line yeah. to keep and want- the passengers that were on that bus <laughs> yeah Hey, what's up? Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Just having a nice glass of wine, thinking about life and how great it is. Yeah, I love wine. I'm sure you do, too. It's the drink of of the people, you know? Everybody loves wine, you know? But you know what I hate is going to the store to get wine. Because, you know, I don't know a lot about wine. Do I love it? Yeah. Do I like to go wine tasting? Yeah. Did I go wine tasting for a bachelor party last summer? Yeah. Was it weird? For sure. If you're like me and you love good wine, but you can't even spell sommelier, it's time to take the stress out of wine shopping and try Wink, W-I-N-C. Wink is an amazing wine delivery service. That's right, wine right to your door. These guys work directly with winemakers and growers from all over the world to create delicious wine and deliver it right to your door. That's right, Wink's 100% satisfaction guarantee means if you don't like a bottle of wine that they send you, they'll replace it with a bottle that you love. No questions asked. Look, I I don't just get sent random wine bottles, okay? I I personalize them. I go through their catalog and I pick out what I love. But Wink, they also personalize your wine membership and recommend wines specifically for you based on the results of your palate profile quiz. Say that 10 times fast. So that they can really accommodate to what you love and what you love to taste. I also... I rate all the wine that I receive from Wink so that they can learn about me with every order and constantly personalize the wine that they send me. If you sign up for Wink right now and get immediate insider access to the best fine wine from all over the world, you can find out about yourself, why yours truly, Adam Ray, and thousands of other satisfied wine lovers are raving about Wink. I use it. I love it. I love to get wine. You know, there's just so many things that are accessible now that that can be brought to you. You don't have to leave your house for any reason. The best part, Wink is offering our listeners $20 off right now when you go to trywink.com slash ALN. And uh, guess what? They'll cover the shipping. Yeah, no shipping. Think about that. You'll get free wine personalized to your palate, delivered right to your door. So try Wink right now. Get $20 off and get complimentary free shipping right now when you go to trywink, W-I-N-C dot com slash A-L-N. That's trywink, W-I-N-C dot com slash A-L-N. All right? Start enjoying life and how it tastes. 
And now, enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. I uh, want to know when when did the, like were you always a dancer? Because all right, if if you watch the special, uh-huh. yeah, there's a lot. You got some moves, special, dude. I'm like there's a lot of dancing in this. <laughs> But there is, but it's good. But but it's good dancing. Incredible. Like, was that always something you were able to do? Yeah. And first of all, let me preface by saying I think it's good dancing for comedy. Because we're in the for a comedian, I'm yeah. pretty good. Okay, but the bar is not crazy high for no. In comedy but role. also, if I were to see you in a music video that involved a lot of like dancing, or you got cast in that, I don't think we would be surprised to see it, or you would be surprised to get it. Right, I guess you'd be like, yeah, cool, I can do this. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if you're gonna back up like, right. you know, the Michael Jackson reunion tour, exactly. But also, maybe you are. Like to maybe. me, you're incredible. <laughs> if I if I get to work and just stop doing stand up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dedicating too much time to these jokes. <laughs> Where does that even become an interest? I've always like that's always been a thing. I've always told my people like I would love to be in a step up film. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, them. I think you need to write some sort of parody of it. Yeah, and, like I, I mean, mean, obviously, the, maybe Lance can't stop. Yeah, listen. the thing is almost a parody of itself, to be honest with you. But yeah, so, I know there's so many of so them. So you now. would see were, were step up movies your influence? Or? No, that came much later. I I've just always been able to dance because when I was really young, I was into Michael Jackson. Yes, and I would I would I would record specials on VH1, and I would hit, hit slow motion, rewind, and I would try to learn the Billie Jean routine. That was the first thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. And uh, so that's a good foundation for a dancer. To Mike, Michael Jackson, he's sure. an amalgam of so many great styles. Yeah. And and then it's just kind of evolved into, I got into break dancing in high school. Fuck I wasn't yeah. fantastic. Same here. Yeah. It was just so cool. I wanted to learn how to do all the power moves, like head spins. I couldn't mills. do that. Uh, I could I I could do something very similar to a windmill. It just looked like I was having a weird seizure. <laughs> uh, but I could do. But I, but I, it, it didn't help. You were chewing a leather belt when you were. Yeah. Chewing. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for, for ad effect. <laughs> I can do some move called the coffee grinder. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's like entry level breaking. The yeah, coffee and then I could do the worm. Uh-huh. Now, and quick question. So, in, and that's about it. In my middle school, was this middle school breakdancing? Yeah. 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 Um, middle and high. Yeah. Because we're around the, all around the same age. So for me, 7th and 8th grade, there was a group of Asian breakdancers, and then there was a group that we called the Russian Mafia. Uh-huh. Where there was a guy named Pavel Shapovsky and um, uh, uh, Dimitri. He already had a full beard. And a guy named Maxim <laughs> something. But they were like the Russian breakdancers. And they would breakdance in the same area as Asian break, breakers were. And I remember one time the Russian breakdancers, I must have said something, because when I was playing basketball in the gym next door, and I came back, and the Russian Mafia had thrown my backpack in the toilet. Because I made fun of their breakdancing. <laughs> So I came back. I remember I had to go back. Sorry, this is a tangent, but I go back into class late because my backpack's just soaking wet. All my shit's wet. Uh-huh. And I remember taking it out. And I remember as I'm walking out of the bathroom, I'm like, who the fuck did this? And I see Pavel Shapovsky halfway out the door and he looks at me and just goes, that's what you get. And I was like, oh shit. So I go to math late and we had a substitute teacher. Her name was Mrs. Pastrang. Funny how you never forget this. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Pastrang, she had a lazy eye. And I walk in and my fucking backpack soaking wet. And she goes, well, 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 look who it is. What's your name? You know, she didn't even know my name. <laughs> She's trying to be bad at it. Well, well, well. Draws a blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your name? I was like, Adam Ray. She goes, where were you? I go, sorry, I'm late. The Russian mafia threw my backpack in the toilet. She goes, she goes I don't know what that means when you're late. <laughs> anyway, so that was the breakdown situation. So I want to know what group did you fall into? Yeah. Well, the thing well, is. obviously Asian. Well, <laughs> we didn't really. There wasn't a lot of uh, like black or I guess there were some Asians, but there wasn't a mm-hmm. rich breakdancing community <laughs> at the schools I went to. Yeah, so it was a very small pool that I was in. It was me and and maybe like Bingo, my buddy Bingo. Nice. I mean, with he's a, name, a Filipino dude. I mean, with a name like do, Bingo, yeah. I feel like you kind of have to do something like that. Me and him were the only people who were into breakdancing, and Still. we only had each other to. 
to learn off of, which isn't a huge pool. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of sucks because if any good break dancer, there's you have a lot of people to learn off of and and kind of drive you. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a, a culture in the community. Yep. And, and every school I've been to, it's always been, been me and somebody else, <laughs> and, and we would just rent tapes from Mr. Rags or <laughs> and that's and try, the club. Yeah, we would. Uh, or like Zoomies or yeah. or Mr. Rags. You could buy these breakdancing Battle of the Years, which is like the breakdancing Olympics. <laughs> so you would see Cruise from heard Korea. You would see Cruise. There was, I remember it was Battle of the Year 98. This was, this, I don't know if anybody else has the same, uh, I don't know, uh, adoration for this tape as I do, but that was like the tape. It was yellow, Battle of the Year 98. Um, like Rocksteady Crew was on there from New York. Nice. Yeah, there's all these iconic dance. Now, Mr. Wiggles. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wiggles, he's so good at popping. He was a big So popper. you were really learning from... I was just learning from tape, from VHS. Yeah. But that's the only way you could. Yeah. And then, but, doing and then it, later on, um, it, YouTube wasn't even out. There was this website called style to oof <laughs> And there was a French version of the page and an, like a British version of the page. Yeah. yeah. And then you could download these clips to wow. How often were you learning moves from the internet and taking them to the lunchroom? Oh, quite bre- often. For breakdancing, a lot. Like, that's how I learned windmills and some some popping stuff. Yeah. But then I, I just kind of gave up on it. And it yeah, because you don't think that's going to be a career, do you? No, this is a fun thing to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then outside of, I never thought that I would have to revisit dancing again after high school because you would go to sure, these, da- these dances. Yeah, it's where, fun to bust where out you then. dance, right? And there'd be little dance circles, and it's fun to be to have the whole school kind of look. You go, oh, Fahim's going to do the right. thing that, that he does. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, they would always dope. want me to do Billie Jean. Whenever Billie Jean came on, yeah. they would all try. to I mean, that's the greatest. Me. Yeah, but then you 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 feel forced to put the monkey suit on and yeah. maybe you don't want to. Yeah, it's fun sure. when you want to, but not when you're forced to. Yeah. Like, you yeah, get like, dance raped and yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> Ask me. Dance rape yeah, sounds literally. like a very serious line from a, from a step-up movie. For sure. Definitely, definitely one of the sequels. Yeah. I remember there it was a... <laughs> you just got dance rape, bro. Maybe it was seventh grade. <laughs> there, I was at a dance and then I hear the gongs from Beat It, like the bong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just ran out of the... <laughs> Because you everyone was going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. I knew everyone was looking yeah. for me, so I just hid in the, bish- the bushes for until the song was over. And I came back. They're like, where were you? I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, what, what happened? What's yeah, up? Yeah, I was played? in the bathroom. What, yeah. What's going on? Oh, and then, like, and then, like, act like you're disappointed. Oh, they played oh, my man. song. Oh, oh well, I can't it. ask her to play it again. No, he said he would play it again for you. <laughs> Shit. Can't get out of it. And there's no dance uh, history in your family? No, yeah. Like no, your father wasn't like a, a, an amazing no. break dancer. He's just I, that, from I was always if you found old tapes of him doing funny. it, I think it'd be so funny if him his aversion to me doing stand up was because he was a dancer or, or like a comic, like <laughs> yeah, a failed, yeah. and he just and, want, doesn't want me to go through that. Yeah, convention. and then like his his eventual acceptance of you is like he brings down his old Adidas tracksuit from the <laughs> attic <laughs> and gives it to me. He's just like. <laughs> You're, this for your you're ready now. Yeah. <laughs> what What do they say the first time I saw you dance? Uh, I don't. I mean, probably I was doing it in the house. My mom would yeah. see it. I, it wasn't like, uh, "Hey guys, come see my recital." Right, right, yeah. right. And I, I was never barely, classically trained, or yeah, so there was never any drugs for them to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they would never. Maybe they came to an assembly once. Maybe they came to a talent show one time. <laughs> or my mom. I forget. So you think you're going to be done with it, and then when you get down Yeah, I'm here, working at Boeing. I don't think I'm going to be dancing ever again. <laughs> the first engineer slash uh, yeah, break dancer. And I'm not a big clubber either. Right. So It's so strange Which to be Which is surprising, because you can... You're yes. like the one guy that can actually do it. I, it's a catch-22. People think, oh man, you could dance. You must, you must get all the ladies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then... 
here, here's the thought process. Okay, I can dance. So what are my options? I go to the club uh, by myself and <laughs> just start dancing like, right. a, like a madman. Pay the light guy 50 bucks to put a spot yeah, on yeah, you at so some I'm point. So I'm just a yeah. guy dancing well by himself. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not appealing to a woman. No, no woman looks that like, he must have right, so much right. more behind so, that okay, dancing. Op- option number two, yeah. go with my buddy and me and him are dancing. <laughs> Sure, it's good, but what's the dynamic yeah. there? Well, <laughs> all right, that and because like, and then even if you go and then like talk to a woman and say like, "Hey, you want to go dance?" and then she's like, "Yeah," and then you go and then you start doing like a routine. That's kind of well, yeah, weird I, I as mean, well. I'm not do a routine or anything. I know yeah. how to organically dance, but that's a that's a hard sell. Just hey, random lady, want to dance? Like <laughs> she doesn't know that I can dance. <laughs> so this being able to dance isn't able to help me yet. Yeah. And, okay, here's the, here's option number three. It's very contrived. Yeah. The only way it would work is if I went to the club with, like, a gal pal who's wing woman, who's mm-hmm. being a wing woman. I dance with her for a bit. Other chicks see that I'm a good dancer. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm not threatening. Yep. Like, oh, no, that's just my friend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But uh, but look how, I mean, I don't want to live that so life. Strategic. Like, hey, Jackie, come on. <laughs> yeah. I need you to help me. <laughs> I just help I mean, me get laid. I'll buy your drinks. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't like the plot line for a great movie about it. Maybe yeah. a step up movie. The guy who's trying to get into it. I gotta it. do it myself. I gotta stop waiting for them to try to plug me into these things. Make what? your own vehicle. So where does uh, Lance Kansopoulos get created? Where does that? I, I mean, uh, this, this character, by the way, Lance Kansopoulos. Yeah. Yeah. I. I Adam told me about it. Uh-huh. I have not seen you do it before. He's not been to the store enough to see oh, really? it live on a night. Oh my so, god. Yeah. This Which is, is I mean, fun. Everyone needs to go to YouTube right now and uh, watch the Lance Can't Stop Us documentary. It's only about five to six minutes long. It's not long, but and you have well, the documentary is like fifteen minutes. Yeah, the documentary. Is like oh, is it? 15, yeah, yeah. 14, All right, I saw something that was like seven minutes or something. I don't know, but uh, you have great cameos in it where it's uh, Camille Nanjiani. Yeah, you have Marilyn Rice Cub, Bobby Lee, Crystalia, and Neil it, Brennan too. He's yeah, in there. yeah, Neil and. They're they're just talking about you like you're some mythical character, <laughs> yeah. and you're this dude with like what has to be maybe five rat tails, right? And uh, <laughs> it's the luxurious mullet. <laughs> yeah. What is so so? Where do you because uh, from Goatface the sketch group that was you Asim yeah. Ali uh, Minaj, and Aristotle uh, and Aristotle mm-hmm. uh, that that definitely put it out there that you were like uh, could like to do characters and stuff right because yeah. you could do that in sketch some that's like I love sketch and right. like you love sketch too yeah. and just that's another because I was doing sketch even before Goatface but Goatface was sort of the, the evolution uh, or or just elevating what I was already doing right because I would do very do it yourself yep. my videos on YouTube which has a certain charm to it but there was something um, that elevated it when you bring Aristotle's production value and artistic idea totally. as well. And I think for both of us, like having an interest in that and then choosing stand-up that was such a solo uh, endeavor, it, there's something really rewarding and beneficial to work collaboratively with people, not only in the writing, but the shooting, mm-hmm. and then like to put out quality stuff. And, and we both were doing it at a time when YouTube was becoming more prominent and it was like, oh, what a great way to like, we might not have any credits, but like having it a was credit a great is, way oh, you got to showcase. Videos? Yeah. It was a great, even if it doesn't have a ton of views and we were fortunate to have some have a lot of views it's a great portfolio and i still mm-hmm. think there's value in youtube as serving as a portfolio you don't need a billion views you just yeah. need the, especially living in la you're fortunate enough to be associating with people who the right people who can see it right like uh yeah something could have 400 views but if three of three you don't know where three of them work right yeah and it, it there's something to be said of just oh you're you do you're an actor do you have anything i could look at and then rather than see uh you play a part that you don't necessarily 
Yeah, you have a lot not, of control, and it's yeah. still your point of view. Yeah, like because I mean, yeah, some casting executive could watch you play the the part that you played in Californication, uh, the part of young Hollywood douchebag <laughs> number two, <laughs> number two, true, yeah, nice. yeah, which is an actual role. I looked up your IMDb. You know, I actually I got a check for ninety four cents today. So who says well, being a young Hollywood douchebag doesn't pay? We're going out. Yeah. Uh, so, but like if you do that, that's one little instance. But then when you do a sketch, like okay, there's something. Here is what I can do. It's more, it's more tailored for you. And yeah. Young Hollywood douchebag number two. I'm serving a role. I'm I'm just plugging a hole. But when I do a sketch, Literally. yeah, there's a. It shows many facets of what I do: the writing, the, yeah. the acting, and it's more in line with what my gear is. Yeah, so, create, creating a character that's not just some archetype yeah. that someone else created. But and it's catered to you because you wrote it. Mm-hmm. So did so did you do, say I want to do a video where I uh, dance at some point and then the character came or the way it happened yeah. was uh, I think Aristotle because like, he was living next to me um, in, in K Town I'm still there yep. but we were next door neighbors and we'd always hang out and we just ha- we always had great rapport just bouncing ideas and we had this idea of uh, I always thought it'd be very funny to, for this character to have an amalgam of every 80s archetype like Swayze yeah. Van Damme right. yeah. um, Kevin Bacon just yeah. all of them lumped into one yeah. and that's kind of how Lance visually came to be mm-hmm. and so we did that for that sketch Dirty Breakin' with Melissa Villasenor yep. who was not on SNL at the time yeah. it's so yeah. funny these videos back in the day to see right? who's doing what Come now on. Yeah. Right. so that was sort of like a just lampooning those 80s uh, da- breakdancing movies where there's a girl who's classically trained and there's a guy from the streets <laughs> who's like, you don't know real dancing. <laughs> yeah. He all, and yeah, he always has to take her there. Like, yes, and I was yes, like yes. Oh, this, yes. this is where you really dance. So that was the whole premise of the, <laughs> the sketch, Dirty so Breakin'. Absurd. It starts with Melissa classically dancing in, in yeah. this dance studio and then I'm watching her in a doorway. Like she does a spin and she sees... She sees me that I've been watching the whole time. Yeah, so beautifully and, shot too. Yeah, it looks so good. And then I'm just kind of like, you could tell that there's some tension there. And I'm like, this isn't real dancing. I'll show you real dancing. And then we go to the streets. Yeah. And then is, there's Leonard Robinson. Yeah. And then like uh, Keetra Long. And I forgot the other guy's name. But there's three African Americans dancing. And yeah. we're because I always hated that voyeuristic. Or we're just popping in for a bit to watch the black kids dance. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's just it's like a zoo for in these dancing movies. Yeah, like like they just go to the hood, watch them dance, learn how to dance, and then they're back in their white world. Yeah, right. No. And then you just leave them like, oh no, and and by the way, they just go to that corner. Yes. They're like, oh, are yes. they just dancing here all the time? I just like, thought it was it, so shitty. It's like what they come do with me? I'm going to show you the black kids dance, <laughs> <laughs> and and then you leave that, and it's back to this white movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So. It's me and Melissa. We're watching them, and we're all into it. Yeah. Like, like we're learning all these moves, and then, and then I get into it. Like this is big fun time. Yeah, where yeah. They're dancing, and then they pull me into the circle, and then, and then I start dancing. And then at the end of it, the music cuts out, and Leonard's like, "Oh man, that was great." And I'm like, oh, "Take my wallet." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like it turns out the whole time, which is such a great. Like he's just scared of black people. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but visually, that's how Lance yeah. existed. So yeah, so denim jeans, wife beater, and that yeah. mullety, I uh-huh. mean, beautiful Van. I guess Swayze hair, right? Yeah, I would say Van Damme hard target yeah. is kind of yeah. more. <laughs> it's really, I mean, and I love that you start with the visual of it because, like, that is because that's how it started. Yeah, and there was no accent; it was just me being this dancing guy from the eighties, yeah. and. So the video did well, I remember. Yeah, it did pretty well, yeah. and it's still one of my favorites. Yeah, it's so then, beautiful. Yeah, and then when did you 
think to bring that character onto the stage. It was all by accident. So I think some weeks or months went by, and then Willie Hunter was doing the Willie Hunter show in the main room at the yeah. comedy mm-hmm. store, and he hit me up. He was like, "Hey, can you can you dance for like our musical guest or a musical number?" <laughs> And I'm like, that'd be weird if I just had some He-Man or dance on, on stage. It'd <laughs> right. be very strange. Yeah. Yes. And then I knew I had Lance in my back pocket, but it wasn't even, I didn't, he didn't have a name. I go, I'll dress up and do it. He goes, okay, what should I call this guy? And then just on the spot, I was like, Lance, because it rhymes with dance. And, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and then can't stop, can't stop a list. Like he can't stop, you know? <laughs> I mean, so Lance can't stop yeah. a list, puts it on the flyer. <laughs> Night of the show comes. I'm doing a dance number to Chromio's Night by Night. It's a funny thing. Yeah. Dan Madonia's the guitar guy. Yeah. We have, I think, Scordis, Leaf Blower, just the wind. And it's, just, <laughs> it's just a comedic dance number for yeah. two minutes. I'm done with it. And then I'm floating around in the hallways after the show. And open mic's going on. Um, and one of the door guys is like, hey, we need people. Do you want to go on? And there's maybe seven people in the audience in the OR. And I go, sure. And I'm still dressed like this. So... <laughs> I, I go on and I make a decision. I, I gotta, I gotta have an accent, otherwise it makes no sense. Yep, right. So I'm like, you know, hey, what's up? Like, how are you doing? And there's only, there's like three cougars at one table, yeah. and I'm just kind of fucking around. And but it's getting this type of laugh that is so different than any laugh that I. Not that it's better. It's just a different. Well, it's because they know you're playing a character. No, some don't. They think, really? that, yeah, oh, yeah there's dude. a lot oh, wow. of people think he's a yeah. real dude. Yeah. Um, well, because it, your accent is so like, it's it's not overly character and, and your delivery is still very and I'm not doing canned jokes grounded. no yeah. I'm, uh, you're, you're doing like real stand up and crowd work yeah mm-hmm. it's mostly just just uh, being a living breathing person yep. there's not a lot of canned mm-hmm. stuff and that's why people I think they think he's a real dude yeah is because it's a very interactive thing and also it's like the everything looks so real like it's not like you have some big jokey goatee on that yeah. like nothing about visually looks and there's um, nothing big about it yeah mm-hmm. Like, sure, I may look ridiculous or yeah. whatever, but it's very grounded. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, to the point where someone would actually, like we say, you drive the streets of Los Angeles and weird things suddenly sure. look normal. Yeah. So it's, you know, a guy with five rat tails in a mullet. And they would think <laughs> that if it were fake, like, he would have broken by a certain time yeah. or yeah. done some sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek thing, which never happened. Yep. So mm-hmm. part, of, part of them are like, oh, fuck, this guy's for real. Like, I thought... So it was just getting a different type of laugh, and and uh, it did really it did way better than it should have at that hour because it was so late at night. Right, and it planted the seed. I'm like, I've got to cultivate this a little bit, and it took a while to get the courage and confidence to bring it out more often. Like I maybe mm-hmm. I did it four months later, and then very sporadically. But in the last year or two, I've been doing it. I've been trying and then to do people it every and week. I I know like um, uh, Crystalia and some other people would be in the back and they would start like feeding Lobbing you because that's that's the coal <laughs> of the choo choo train just questions like mm-hmm. asking Lance questions and that's, that's how you the build the character is. too right yeah and it's just uh, it's freeing too because when I do me I've got to all right what bits do I want to do what am I working on but with Lance all I got to do is show up <laughs> and, and, and you so let him they, drive yeah so long <laughs> as they want to play the audience yeah. has to play so you're improvising ask, everything yeah that's dope yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you know, you you are really quick, and when I see you crowd work as Fahim, uh-huh. it's always great. But like, but Lance yeah, is even to, more because when it's me, I'm 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 still doing that math in my head of like, all right, I'm gonna go, get back I, to here. Yeah, do I yeah. do I get back to the thing or do I? There's always this tug of war. And, yeah. and there's but with pr- this, it's just like yeah, you can and do there's probably there, there, there's probably something else when you're yourself. There's there's something a little more at risk where they go, if, well, if they don't like me, they don't like me. 
Yeah. They don't like me personally. Uh-huh. So I kind of have to be good. But if you're Lance Canstopoulos, who gives Because it runs the gamut. Sometimes there, yeah. there have been the highest of the highs, uh, just explosions of, yeah. of, of uh, you know, Lance shows. And then there's other ones that are kind of whatever. And I'll think that they, it wasn't very good, but it's just so different for some of the audience members. They're like, that was fantastic. Yeah. Right. But in my head, I'm like, oh, man, I, I know where the bar could be. Yeah. Now, do you have any, uh, and we've talked about this briefly, but like, do you have any bigger aspirations with... With Lance? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's great potential for for Lance to have a bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to find out what that thing... I mean, we're trying to pitch a Lance show right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that would be great. <laughs> it's really, I mean, to see... I also love about it, too, is that, and it's, you know... Uh, I've started bringing you know Avery Pearson on the road with uh-huh. me to do like some music stuff, and what I love when I saw you doing that is just like uh, finding like just with the dance stuff and just the character stuff. It's like the stage, and Hassan is now doing this beautifully. This yeah. one man show. It's like being a comic and being on stage. It's like there's no there's being no funny is our job. There yeah. are no rules. It's a and blank yeah. canvas. You can the get stage. so locked into like it's all got to be jokes and stand up. I mean, even at the end of your special, I won't even say what happens, but there's a couple great things <laughs> that happen that I'm just like, <laughs> it's so like, yeah, man, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And yeah. it was so no beautiful and silly and fun. And it was like, so when I saw you doing that, um, you know, along the lines of, of like me going, fuck, man, I had this big part of my life where music was a part of it and singing lessons and musicals and whatever. And it was like, how can I incorporate that without just being like a straight up, now I'm this guy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, like, you know, when I first started, I would fuck around with the guitar, but I was like, you're the guitar guitar guy or you're not. And um, anyway, so to see you like incorporate that and find... Uh, um, it's beautiful when you get to incorporate things that are part of your being mm-hmm. and it just adds more colors to... Well, I mean, to your performance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and when you sing, you're like, oh fuck, he's got a voice, or this is, yeah, and it's different than what they've been seeing all night, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, it was a uh, Steve Martin, mm-hmm. your your dad's favorite comedian, yeah. who said you will use everything you've ever learned. Where he uh, he knew rope tricks, and he ended up using that when he was in the Three Amigos. Like he ended up doing <laughs> rope tricks. Yeah. He's like, why the fuck? Like, when would I ever like? Which which scares me because I know how to tap dance, so I know that <laughs> at some point. To use it, I'm going to. I'm well, going to learn it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to have to use it at some point. Well, you've kind of when you used to close with your lap dance. I mean, that's a form of <laughs> you using that skill. Yeah, but like not put tat, like not putting taps on my shoes. <laughs> but I can do that. So now and, and now I'm thinking like, should I force it? Should I try to like just go on stage and say like, okay, now it's time for the tap number? I have no idea. I think it'll just happen because I yeah. I never thought that any of this thing, the dancing and all that, would mm-hmm. culminate into into Lance and some of the other stuff. It just It's kind of organic And fun the way it happens <laughs> um, I do want to know uh, We have about 10 minutes left And um, I want to put a uh, uh, The Saudi Prince You performed for a Saudi Prince At one point <laughs> Oh yeah I want to yeah. close wait, with wait, that. Did I tell you How do you know that uh, Brad wrote that down I know that story Really How yeah. do you know that story I know that story uh, From Raj Oh okay okay Yeah so he, And he, he kind of He told it to me And I was like Oh God, that's the craziest gig. But I, I bounced. I didn't. Oh, okay. You didn't. But I the was. Thing? I mean, I was there for so so many hours. At a yeah. certain point, I'm like, I'm not going to be beholden to this Saudi <laughs> prince. <laughs> but it was the most bizarre show. How do you even get that call or that gig? I think. Uh, who, who did it? Oh fuck! Raw oh, no, um, no, no, no. Maybe it was uh, Abby. Abby Roberge. Yeah, I think. Well, I think some Saudi prince. He was working the door. 
at the the comedy store and some guy who worked with a Saudi person was like, like we need comics or whatever. And then and then he's like, all right. I'll, in his head, he's like, I'll handle it. I'll skim a little off the top or I'll organize mm-hmm. this thing. So then he hit up other people. He hit me up, um, some other comics as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Burns was involved too. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to perform for some Saudi prince. At, and it was at the Four Seasons, was it? Or Beverly uh, Hilton? Like, Beverly yeah, Hilton. some crazy hotel. But then also they hit up Tehran separately. Mm-hmm. So Tehran, and Tehran was getting so much money. Like we, it was, it was frustrating when I found out like how much money he was getting and then how much I was getting. Hey, bathrobes are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Tehran and some other people were there too. And, and, and his prince was just yeah, and and the, but the story I heard is that like when you hear a, a performance for the Saudi prince, you're like, oh, this is going to be a big thing and like a big ballroom with lots of people, and it was like it was like ten people nah, or but something. Every Saudi prince story I hear is just some depraved thing, or it's like absurd. Like it's yeah. never, it's never like you're performing for the president, and it's it's like the Saudi prince wants to do a show in his living room or yeah and that's almost what it was like i mean it was yeah. a big ballroom yeah but hardly any people were in it he was just sitting in a chair and <laughs> with people he, around him like fanning him uh no no fanning but there was a group of women like the women sat together yeah and like we weren't allowed to like look at the women. oh man yeah all these Comedy ground, was there was all these strengths. ground rules yeah yeah like like what like, were the ground rules that was one of them just like don't look over at that table don't make me laugh yeah <laughs> Uh, and then don't make fun of like any political stuff or, or don't make like any terrorist jokes stuff? yeah for yeah. sure or like beheading stuff did you ever um, get him to laugh well I didn't do it because I was waiting around forever oh because I think he, Tehran went up mm-hmm. and then there was no natural flow of the show it was just whatever the prince wanted <laughs> so he's like no keep going keep and like so Tehran's prin- up there so for- the prince is the light so if like yeah. you're so like you're doing well he's so like don't stop I, yeah once I realized there was no rhyme or reason or organization yeah. to this thing and we're just at the whim of of this dude <laughs> I go, I'm not gonna yeah I still got like paid a little bit of money, I, not as much as the other guys because I left. Yeah, but I uh, it was just so absurd. But, but I mean, you see that world and you go, "That's an insane world where literally there was a dude. Anything you want, you there, get instantly." Yeah, yeah. I, I have this idea for a sketch called Saudi House, <laughs> where a bunch of like like ten Americans are in a mansion and there's yeah. one Saudi prince, and they all think that they they're they have wills of steel. Mm-hmm but everybody has their price so the Saudi prince will like tell them to do ridiculous things yeah. and they'll say no until it gets to a number where they'll do it <laughs> you know he'll be like you have gay sex yeah. and go, no I'm not gonna do it and then he just keeps on throwing money at yeah, yeah, until, yeah. and all these people are shells of, of human beings <laughs> afterwards it's called Saudi house I mean yeah there was a dude who just travels with the prince this mm-hmm. white dude who I met there who just plays tennis with the prince he gets paid that's his job to just play tennis with him to just play tennis and go around the world it's like a pet it's so weird you get paid to be the, the prince's pet that's so weird uh, do um, I want to ask uh, two more things um, the whole process of the special I want to close on but I want to know your p- people definitely um, flock to watch you on stage right I know. I mean, yeah. if you say, well, <laughs> right. I say it because it's real. They come uh, from miles around. <laughs> um, you because I think there's this balance that you have uh, that's really appealing. That's like, you know, the, the 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 silliness of just like making people laugh that you're really good at. You just innately have, but mm-hmm. then like you're a really good writer and you're observational, to personal. It's just for me. I, I you're one of the few people that I see and I'm like, I I, I don't. I want to know like your process uh-huh. because it seems like. 
you got you've gotten to a point to where you've just figured out how to write jokes for you yeah really well you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah. and uh so like when you hear a topic um or um or a new story or you think about something that that strikes you as like out of the ordinary or something that you have an opinion on that you could bring to the stage it seems like the joke whether it comes right away or or a week in you kind of know what you want to say and you know the beats of it um yeah yeah that's pretty good um so how i mean do you go to coffee shops do you just write on napkins does something happen like you're straight out of compton bit Uh um which is so great and uh i remember seeing that in the clubs be like oh that's gonna crush when you do that on i was like you can't do that on late night tv but like (laughs) but it's such a great uh bit and the uh, again the the observations of it and then the act outs and the voices you do and and then there's you know you're very accurate uh, impressions of a pigeon Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what what, uh, what comes first, I guess, I want to know. I guess, I, I just... Like with that bit. With which one? The, uh, Straight Outta Compton. I guess I saw the movie. Right. And then, and then I saw, of course, there's a lot of African Americans there too. And then there's also like some thugs there yeah. as well. They're just like some harder looking. Yeah. They were just so PC. I don't know what the right thing to say is. They're nah, just harder looking yeah, black, black sure. guys. So, and that's a very emotional scene. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was so funny. Like these guys to go in and be like yo we're gonna see straight out of Compton and then and then to be crying <laughs> or, yeah. or like to get misty eyed <laughs> yeah. to, be, to be a gangster and see that scene and because it sneaks up on you yeah well that and, and it's like we were talking about earlier with like the uh, the people dressed weird doing daily things it's like when you're a gangster you got you have to be a gangster like all the time yeah, all the yeah. time and now all of a sudden you're so watching now you're watching NWA straight out of Compton right and, and you're you've got a tear teetering on your lower lip yeah and not the tattoo from when you kill someone but like an actual tear yeah, and you're with your homeboys yeah you're like you can't hey man i mean like i thought it was good yeah so it started with that that kind of got my mind thinking about yeah. the easy e death scene right and then this the wheels were spinning like oh yeah it is a period piece and then and then it did strike me that that he just said faggot so openly yeah. and then mm-hmm. it's nope. so jarring in that- 2016 yeah when we saw it but at the time, you realize, and that's kind of how it got the wheel spinning in my right. head about the bit. Now, as soon as you hear, like, and that's, uh, I think, probably um, uh, safe to say for how a lot of people operate, they hear some, it that resonated with you in the moment. Yes. And, and afterwards, too, so much that you're like, all right, well, I'm still thinking about this. What is it about that? Now you start asking questions, right? Like, Yeah, I think I've, just the longer I've been doing, I've been doing stand-up is that I recognize kernels of ideas very quickly, and I'll, I'll jot them down in my phone. Just enough words to capture yep. whatever the original mm-hmm. thought yeah. is and my mind's already naturally marinating on the idea so maybe there are new branches yeah. of this thought so that's kind of what it is I'm just I'm catch I'm catching butterflies with a net yeah with my comedy now yeah. whereas back in the day I would I would sit down and try I would I would write like a monologue almost and you're very wooden mm-hmm. it takes a while to find what your method is and your process but now it's to the point where I just I write I have Evernote it's synced to my laptop and yeah. my phone so what I do on my phone goes to Evernote on my laptop oh, what great. I do on my laptop it goes to my you and, have to have that yeah it's a yeah. valuable tool so I just jot the things down on my phone and uh, just a few words to, to not lose the idea Mm-hmm. One thing I would say that you've done really well in just seeing you like grow over the years, and I know this probably segued into the um, putting the special together, which I want you to talk about because that whole, that whole situation in itself is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But like, is that? Um, and I think we all strive to do this: is like constantly asking questions and like not just. And I, you know, I try to push myself on this all the time because I'll, I'll do something and I'll have one joke about something, and then I'll just leave it. And I'm like, God, you got to ask more questions. You got to keep peeling back. Like, what if if you think that, then what else? You know, just so you can really ring. 
uh, yeah. you know, and, and you did that a lot in the special where there's things and, and you would say something and I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then it would go another level and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I didn't even think about that. But you did and that's, and that's why and you have a special. Uh, yeah, my process, I don't naturally, sometimes I'm lucky enough that there's a topic and I think about it and it, it beats out and I, I have a bit that's two or three minutes long right. and that's great. But then some of these things that you're saying, like you'll have one joke and it's just kind of a throwaway. There are plenty of those that I have floating around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really have no home for them. But as you live life, something else will happen. You'll have another idea. Attach it to it. I think of jokes as like Lego pieces. Yeah. Colored Lego pieces. So I might have. Uh, they prefer African-American Lego pieces. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's sorry. sorry. Kind of fucked Red up. Red Williams. <laughs> Coming in. So, Sniper. <laughs> African-American Lego pieces. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, there are all sorts of colors, right? Blue. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, just I, getting, we're just getting into my autism. Yeah. <laughs> so they're different colored Lego pieces. Yeah. And if I just have one piece, that's it's not enough for a set. Yeah, yeah. Or, you can't so build it's just floating like around. That. It's a great joke, but it has no home because it'll take you off the flow of whatever I'm doing for the set. Mm-hmm. So it's just orbiting. And but maybe you know a few months later or a month or whatever a year, some other I have some other idea, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of similar to this thing. I can just attach these Lego pieces. Once I have enough Lego pieces, this is a bit. Now I have a nice little chunk, mm-hmm. and that's worthy of putting in a set or a special. So that's kind of how I think. Like these one-offs, sure, it'd be great if it were more because we always want more, but there's still value in it. Yeah, I, I yeah. Don't, I, and you never I'll know when it. they're going to come back. Yeah. You never so know when you're going to be able to attach them, like you say, on, the, on to something else. Yeah, it's sort of like you're putting it in the piggy bank for later. Uh, how much... All right, so this... Uh, Brad, I don't know if you know how his special came together. You posted a really nice long thing about Thanks, it on Facebook, man. which... Yeah. And I just was, wanted to be real. It wasn't like a light grab or anything. No, just, you could uh, tell it wasn't. And yeah. it's, But it's also like, look, when you can recognize that you have put in the work and you're somebody that people respect and enjoy seeing and root for, you almost have a responsibility in some regards, I feel, to make things like that. Because there's a lot of people that look up to you. And the same way a lot of young comics listen to our podcast, which is why I love... To, uh, especially here like on the writing process and things like that to to dive into because it does it, it does help and like when you see stuff like that even for people that are you know uh, even I saw like uh, um, again to mention his name uh, Chris Leah we've said it three times he should have showed up by now <laughs> I know the Beatles well, thing works for him we but. need way more coffee <laughs> way more coffee and um, <laughs> way more um, I don't know weird 80s baseball references no, no, Jordan's Jordan's that's new there you go, yeah, that's, there you go. Yeah, that was, yeah that was Jordan's. really man um, yeah, if you were if you if you were trying to attract Chris to a house, you'd leave a trail of Jordans, Just iced coffees, and, <laughs> and Jordan. But you commented something really nice about it, so it was like cool to see. Like even at that level, Chris was like, "Fuck, man!" A, a lot of just appreciation for the journey because it was very much. And I don't know if it's still on your Facebook page. Yeah, it's but, still there. And I think was, I posted on Instagram. Just yeah, the whole journey of of getting the special. Yeah. Which, I mean, and just everything, and hearing your story even today, it's just like, and, and times 10, though, of just everything, all the hours and everything you put into it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for the listeners uh, and for Brad, so yeah. it came together because because what? So, basically, I mean, I've been trying to, I guess it all started, every comic, I think the first benchmark, or they want the half hour, the Comedy Central half hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it means less now than it did for us yeah. back in the day, because it's so interesting. Back in the day, there was a blueprint to do what we wanted to do. Yeah. And like premium blend was was part of it. Right. Or like live at Gotham. And yep. then it was a half hour. Got the half hours. The half hour and on the legendary half hours. When you, you talk about Dane Cooks. Yeah. Frank Caliendo's like a half hours. Yeah. Swartzen's like out, like half hours that were launched huge careers. Springboards. Yeah. yeah. So that was the blueprint. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have this affinity for the half hour. Um, so I was, a, I was, I've been, 
I think I applied to that or I, I submitted maybe six or seven, maybe eight years. So just year after year, yeah. I would submit half hour, like a different mm-hmm. half hour every year. And then I would get rejected. And, and I'm like, all right, that sucks. But I kind of understand. Like, I, I still have a business mind as well. I go, okay, maybe I'm funny, but I don't have the credits that some of these other guys. Because sometimes when the year, when when the list comes out for the year, you see the people who get them. You're like, oh, they got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So the last year I submitted, I was I was in New Mexico. Maybe this was two years ago, filming Whiskey Tango Foxtrot yeah. with Tina Fey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was amazing, yeah? Yeah, that was a great a great little experience. And so I was out there filming that. I had done a season of Guy Code. I had done Late Night with Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. A good set was, on there. Yeah, it was so great. Um, maybe some, there's some other thing, too, I'm leaving You're out. Conan but, or Carson Daly? No, uh, I, no, I think that came later. Mm-hmm. But, but those things are substantial things. And yep. I thought, all right, with this, the movie, and those things that I've done, and this submission, I should probably get it this year. And then I didn't get it. And I'm like all right, then this just isn't going to happen. Because I, I've, in my mind, I'm like, I, I've checked all the boxes. Yeah. So it's and you've of, shown them progression. I think that, that's one thing that I would take as some comfort where I was like, all right, well, they want to see the improvement from year to year. And so, yeah. so if you don't get it this year, then show them that you're going to be But it's also better. refreshing just to know, oh, there's no more I can do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can stop banging my head. I can stop with this. Yeah. yeah. So I stopped submitting. And honestly, the year I submitted, the, the, uh, where I didn't get it, this last time in... Um, when I was in New Mexico, I didn't even really want it that I had an hour. I had an hour. I was trying to unload. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, let's try to do an hour. And I was trying to hit up some places to do an hour and, and nowhere, nowhere was really biting. So I was like, am I going to do this on my own? I was going to do it on my own. And then in my mind, I had this epiphany. I was like, all right, they're saying no to the idea of me doing an hour. They don't even know what the hour is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're saying no to this. Uh, they're saying their ideas not, they've put yeah. together of what Fahim yes, Anwar yes, is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm yeah. having to count on their perception. I go, why don't I, I at least put something in front of their face to say no to? And then, I would, been, then I'd be fine with that. It could have been one guy who was like, you mean the guy from Chuck? He ain't funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, yeah, you joke, but yeah. I mean, that's how it is in this town. Sometimes yeah, mm-hmm. it could be as arbitrary as that. So I had a headlining weekend in La Jolla, the La Jolla Comedy Store. Four shows, you know, two Friday, two Saturday. I was like, let me tape that. So I had a buddy come down. We had two two cameras. We just went into the soundboard for good audio. Yep. Um, and I just wanted to tape a nice little proof of concept of what the hour is. So I had a, I had a thing. We cut it together, and we just sent it around. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is the hour that I want to do. And and then and then CISO was interested, or Comedy Dynamics and CISO, and they wanted to do it. So that's how it came to be. You just have to put it in front of them. This town lacks imagination. So. Yeah, they 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 have a perception of you or what they think you're going to be. I mean, hell, they can go down your IMDb page and see young Hollywood douchebag number two <laughs> yeah, and be like, "Well, There's I no was, way that guy's getting a special." Yeah, I don't want a young Hollywood douchebag to be on my television for an hour. So, like, yeah. I mean, uh, they, you don't know. You're not you're not necessarily in control of their perception of you. And so the fact that you did that showed great uh a just a like sort of that um outside level of awareness where you go oh i need to just i need them to see this to know yes. what i can do and it would be closure for me even if they didn't like it 
I would be content with that. Well, now they're saying no to the actual material and the act yes. and not just you as, the an, idea, the ar- as an archetype. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was uh, a big epiphany and that was good a good realization. And how was the experience of shooting it? And I'll say too, just knowing you and seeing you so much, like I feel like you captured you That's, that's I'm so glad that you that said hour. that, yeah. man, mm-hmm. because that's, that's all you can ask for yeah. in a special because I don't know how it's going to do when it comes out sure. but as a stand-up all you can hope for is that when you tape a special that it captures what you do night what in your and life, night out yeah, what your live show is yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I feel that way about this special you should yeah, yeah. Shot, yeah. shot at the Alex Theater that's where I shot uh-huh. my second special yeah. and it's a great theater great sound you uh-huh. got great audience shots and stuff like that the and, sound uh, was great like yeah. for both of you guys specials it really like it, you know and also the um, I like that uh, it's seeing the audience but like not a ton of I can't remember how many it cut to the crowd a few times right yeah yeah but not uh, overly yeah and also but there was enough shots of the crowd from either behind you or whatever and I really enjoyed that I was like oh cool like not having the end of the punchline cutting to a person letting it stay on you and let uh-huh. me decide how I'm gonna laugh yeah, and I'm gonna laugh. yeah. Um, it, how was the whole experience though I mean was it like did you cry no, I didn't cry. Should I have? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I did for my first one. No, you know, when I was writing that post, I got a little emotional because yeah. I had perspective on it all. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you're kind of putting it all in front of you and you're kind of reliving the yeah. whole situation. Because yeah. I, I put that behind me. Or, or But when you culminate, when you're writing this post and you're reliving all, all the work it took to get to this point, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably when I got a little yeah. emotional. Uh, did it feel like, and I guess I ask for people listening, but also for myself, who will hopefully do one uh, soon, but like what... Um, the prep, like when you went into do, you did two shows, right? I did two shows. Did you? I mean, nerves? Were you just so like, oh, I know this hour, I did it. It's what I submitted. Like, now just have fun, or did or did you let like the cameras and the special production get in the way of of anything? No, like I I made sure to have a few weekends set up before I did the special. Yeah. So I did the road. I did. I did like South Dakota. I did some weird places that probably weren't the best for because <laughs> it was just, like, say, all white. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of my bits did not go over well in well, South Dakota. Well, that and I want to say that uh, for having the name Fahim Anwar, <laughs> yeah. you may think there's a certain type of comedy or certain types of things that you're going to talk yeah. about. And I, I don't know if this is a conscious effort on your part, but you really just like you walk on and you just start doing observational jokes you yeah. don't go like hello my name is Fahim <laughs> yeah. it is so hard to fly like like yeah. that's not what you're doing I'm glad that that is apparent to you and, yeah. oh and very because I mean uh, as someone that has something that stands out uh-huh. uh, that you're not your average white guy that uh, a weird beard yeah that's it exactly <laughs> uh, very very strange beard kind of patchy way, weird beard is playing at the troubadour in front oh they're they're, they're terrible <laughs> They're awful. <laughs> They're weird. Anyway, but like... Yeah, you, it's great you didn't come out and do that. Yeah. yeah. You could have. Well, I guess, but that's not really... That's not you. Yeah. And, and again, just capturing what I already do. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always been very aware of with my comedies. I'm Look, I was born in Everett, Washington. I'm very yeah. American. My parents yeah. are from Afghanistan. It's a part of me, but right. it doesn't define me. No. And I do have insight into that world, and sure. I'll, I'll do that later, and, and uh, if I want to, I just want to do whatever I think is funny. Yeah. And so, and that's not who you are. So, if you had come out there, right, and done something along those lines, it just it, it would it, have been so disingenuous. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't have been authentic. They, I mean, that that's the thing about stand up that I really want to stress to people that want to try it, or if if they, because a lot of times when comics start off, they're 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 starting and they're just saying what they, they think, think the, people yes. think is funny. 
and they're doing that like oh well they like when Chris Rock does this so I'll do that Mm -hmm. and maybe you have to do that because you're a blank slate and you have nothing yet but they're gonna laugh at stuff that is true to you if you believe it and you're actually that person if it's an authentic uh, ob- observation to you, then they will find the humor. Yeah. Your uh, your audience will find that. I so. always say the jump off point is write what you think is funny, what makes yeah. you laugh, and then try it out, and hopefully it makes the audience laugh. Yeah, and if it doesn't, retool it. Right. If it still doesn't work, chuck it. I mean, but, but always start with what makes you laugh. Yeah, because it makes you laugh, so you know it's funny. Yeah, Have it, you makes, already laugh. it makes makes you original because yeah. it's it's the starting point is what makes you laugh. You right. never want to start with what you think people want to hear. No, no, no. Have you already started thinking about hour two, or is that like? Yeah, just because um, I've I've had this hour for a while, yeah. so a lot of that I've I've just had that plate spinning and looking for a place to to bury it. Yeah, and I finally found it. And even leading up to it, I had some other bits that I'm doing that didn't quite fit for mm-hmm. this special. And um, yeah, I have some bits that I'm working on for hour two. I mean, you, I'm not there yet, but are you gonna I, try to make it more themed or uh, more, or just talk about stuff that you didn't talk about before? Or I've I've found that kind of what I'm talking about now, it's a little darker. <laughs> um, yeah, for you definitely re- covered everything in yours as far as observational, family stuff, dating. Yeah, and it's kind of autobiographical for sure. And there is that silly stuff because like, I'm trying to like be cognizant of that, and you know, looking at both you guys' specials, like what you know, the first one you put out, you want it to be. I, you know, just so much like we were saying, like capturing you and what you're doing now. But then it's like, yeah, when in a second one, you want to maybe talk about different stuff mm-hmm. so that people, so, you know, can still get uh, be like, oh, cool, I'm coming back for the same vibe, but yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. uh, different context. I think it's more uh, observational. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of observation in this last one, but there was also some stuff about my parents, yep. and family, and yeah, I think this one just observation will always be there. And you say dark? How dark? Uh, but it's always silly. I'm not, I'm not a bad guy, okay. or n- I'm not mean spirited. So it's gonna be like yeah. nine minutes of like, if I were to kill myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and it'll always be. Uh, It'd be in a step up movie, yeah. <laughs> but like really, I do it. But like a dark, but like a dark step up movie. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> they're, 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 they're fun, bad dancers. It's fun dark. Like I shouldn't be laughing at this, but we just right. have a good time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, and I can't tell our listeners enough. Go to see so I think they'll I think they'll give you a free trial or something, I think, won't they? Yeah, we're 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 pushing it pretty soon because it's coming out. Um, and I'll have a promo code, so yeah. I think they'll be able to get a month for free. Yeah, yeah this will be out the week before. Wait, March 9th is a uh, Thursday, I believe. Right, yeah. so this will go out on that Monday. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so go. it's Monday right now. so yeah go go and 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 look it up on march 9th there's no business like show business it's on it's on CISO, and i'll i'll tell you right as the right as the special starts off it's already different don't even yeah don't 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 blow the surprise i I won't tell you what it is but there's something where you're like oh i haven't seen that before yeah that's so that was a cognizant move yeah of like yeah that was aristotle oh nice yeah that was cool. But it definitely does make you immediately because you, you know, how do you separate yourself other than, you know, look and material? You're like, I want to do, and I love that, even at the ending too, I won't say uh-huh. what happens, but like, you definitely, you know, it's, again, like capturing everything, the sketch part of you, um, and the surprises and the misdirection. Um, and also, look, if you just like to laugh a lot and discover new comics, fucking watch it because that's, it's comedy's in such a great place right now and there's so many and it's like, it's so funny to, I mean, you know, I'll have conversations with people that are just like, do you know, do you know this guy, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco? <laughs> He's like the biggest thing right I now. I mean, it, but it, again, it's like there's so much that it's like people still people do. Are, people are still discovering. Yeah. yeah. So, and, um, and, and I'm I'm anxious for our listeners to, if they don't already know you, to 
to discover your work and know that you're not just the guy from Whiskey Tango uh, yeah, Fox Yeah, fucks donkeys. <laughs> Wait, was that your? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Is that really? <laughs> yeah, they never show. No, I watch donkey porn. I don't fuck donkeys. Yeah. I, just, I live vicariously. Was that in the character research that you did? You were like, look, this guy yeah, I went to a lot of farms. <laughs> <laughs> I went down to Mexico, saw the, saw the donkey show, took very copious notes. <laughs> They're like, why do you have a notepad in the audience of the Donkey Show? It's, it's a re- uh, research. Method. Yeah, <laughs> you know, though, it's again, it's one of those things that's so crazy. But like, if you did end up seeing, like, look, let's say hypothetically, you were in a position where you're on the road and somebody said, "Fiend, do you want to go see this Donkey Show?" <laughs> like, in the back of your head, would you go, "I oh, mean, there might be some material there," <laughs> or would you go, "Nah, I can't because I that's can't." That's too far. I, it, as a comic, I've sort of expanded my horizons, but that's just, I couldn't really. <laughs> I don't think I could. So you, so you were that good of an actor because I, because I was good. convinced, I was that, convinced that, was that you were. Really yeah, well, Brad's seen doggy shows, and he's like, "I yeah. know if this guy's seen one or uh-huh. not." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Trust me, I would be able to spot you if you were faking it. If, if you were not, if you were not a real donkey show, a, a connoisseur, right? Just acting, man. Um, and uh, you're on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, Instagram, yeah. At mm-hmm. Fimanwar, yeah. At Fimanwar. Do you uh, do you tweet a lot? I tweet. I love Twitter. You do? Yeah, I love Twitter. I know it's dying, and there's not a lot of growth, but I'm old school, man. Because you love the, uh, I just like uh, short amount of time jokes. To a, yeah, I think of Twitter as sort of comedian B sides or mixtapes. Nice, interesting. Yeah, yeah, just because like, deep cuts from the streets. Yeah. It, <laughs> hey song. man, I don't know how you white kids tweet out of the neighborhood, but you gotta learn to tweet from the streets, man. So sometimes I'll I'll be about to tweet something and I'm like. <laughs> No, this is too good. <laughs> I, I gotta save this for the stage. You do both. Uh, you are both two of the people I know most that um, use Facebook and Twitter for like jokes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty great. And I, I, I wish I had that sort there. of discipline and just well, my brain worked that I, way. I feel like uh, these jokes or thoughts I have are too fleeting to or dumb to do on stage. Sure, but the forum of Twitter is perfect. For well, because it. it's just instant yeah. and, and 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 now people read twitter along with watching tv shows so when you have something like the oscars yeah uh which would recently happened you can just that moment you can be like okay joke about that thing right now where in two weeks no one gives a fuck but right now yeah it's very disposable it it's very low stakes and very disposable but yeah. there's some upside too like like here you put Kyrie plays in Cleveland because New York and L.A. are too close to the edge. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. And that's after Kyrie came out and said he's, what, Which, the, by the, way, he's the, the earth said, is, is not flat. Or no, that is flat. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. says the earth, the earth is flat. flat. And then also I read today that Fuck SpaceX it. is, is going to do like uh, they're going to have two people for orbit around the moon for mm-hmm. like space tourism. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and yeah. I wanted to tweet like it should be Kyrie and B.O.B. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, though? Like, when you see things like that, that people say, yeah. you're just like, oh, fuck. I mean... I, I, I had no idea this whole time. Watching you, bas- watching you play basketball. Yeah, you thought the so earth was... Stupid. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like I could never watch him play basketball again. Like, not like, but with, like the same way. Uh-huh. Like, now I'm always going to be thinking... Like you think the earth is flat. This odd factoid about the person changes your perception now. You yeah. also posted this amazing thing, uh, this picture of CeeLo Green at the Grammys <laughs> in that in that uh, he, fucking. He looks like an Oscar. Yeah, suit. yeah. And you put wishing CeeLo Green a speedy recovery. <laughs> it's just such a great, like, quick, like, yeah, dude. Like, what is going on in your brain? <laughs> that, you? No, I used to think it'd be funny if he has some disease that makes him look that way. Like, like it's not even a oh, mental okay. thing. All yeah. right, that's what I thought. That's hilarious. <laughs> That something's wrong with them. Do you, um, uh, uh, real quick, the Oscars, did you watch it at all? I did, yeah. We haven't talked about it at all because who fucking cares? But I guess it was, you know. Scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Brad and I were saying we enjoyed Jimmy Kimmel pulling people out off the street. Oh, that, that was, was fantastic! Incredible. I love, when I, I, when I, when I saw that. that Starline bus, I'm like, this is the best bit Genius. ever. And also, it, like it, it makes it such. A, I hate that it's so formal and pretentious. I want it like when I see the monologue, I'm like, why does the comedy have to stop there? Mm-hmm. Like, have other. And so Kimmel was doing it for that. Um, but the ending, did you? What, that, that's pretty crazy, right? I guess yeah, you feel for, sure. for the people who gave speeches and then he handled it well. Everyone's talking yeah. about how well the yeah. producer of, of La La Land handled it. Dick Tracy I, or Warren Beatty I, like, <laughs> I, I hate that everyone's shitting on him no he's, 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 he's wrong. innocent he yeah. did nothing and wrong and he even tried at the end to go back up there and be like look I, he, I'm i glad he explained himself but also Faye Dunaway read the name so right. that's no one, her and yeah. no one's blaming her mm-hmm. because it, 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 why it, it's because Faye Dunaway Warren had the envelope first and he just and he and but he gave it to her and she read right. it right so and you go if back if gonna get shit on it's her but she shouldn't even deserve to be shit no. on no. Yeah. go back and watch the, the, the clip though and, and you see him look at the envelope like uh this isn't right yeah everyone, and, everyone needs to get off Warren Beatty's back yeah. <laughs> hasn't he given us enough yeah, yeah he was worth he, and, and you, he was dick fucking Tracy for god's sake and I had you that see watch. all the ageism too people are like oh you never let an old guy I know I saw those it's not an yeah. old guy no. they fucked up yeah. right? leave him alone yeah, exactly let Warren Beatty be Warren Beatty there's my little nugget of knowledge <laughs> for your I put Seattle people one thing I posted I said uh, uh, Warren Beatty T-Mobile commercials are being written right now you know cause Steve Harvey got those oh, immediately he? after. Uh. He got like a T-Mobile campaign like a week after his whole fuck up. Maybe Warren Bay did it on purpose. We can get that what, what T-Mobile I mean, money. Steve Harvey called him right afterwards. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Manning is better. <laughs> Love it, dude. Uh, Veeam, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having this me. This was incredible. Yeah. Uh, special CISO. There's no business like show business. And uh, FahimAnward.com? FahimAnward.com and LanceCanstopolis.com. It's a great website. For real? Yeah, it looks like it was made in the 90s. It's great. <laughs> oh my God. Go there right now. All right, go see Fahim live and uh, support his comedy so he doesn't have to go back to Boeing. Yes, please. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. See you, bud. subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.